1: Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for, for all mankind on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron, and today we're talking season four, episode ten. It's the finale. Uh, Aaron, I, I'm no thoughts head empty on last episode because uh, I watched it when I was still a little bit sicker than I am now. I've still got a cough and stuff, but uh, doing much better. Excited to talk about the finale. What'd you think? Damn, I was going to follow up with like, you know, what what
0: did you think of last week's episode, but you, you cut me off, cut me, cut me off at, oh, the, uh, at the knees.
1: Yeah, I, I, here's my thought about last week's episode. I really enjoyed watching it just as somebody who can watch an episode <laughs> of television without having to worry, what am I going to say about it? So I have nothing to say about it. Zero. Okay. Out. I do well, have stuff wanna, to say about this episode.
0: I want to answer your question about an overall comment about the season which is I liked where this season ended up I am excited about the prospects of next season theoretically Um, however I'm going to need the showrunners and the writers to really tighten things up next season if I'm going to get excited about an Miles Sam, Will who, who else we got margo maybe Ah, uh you know just
1: leave her but yep
0: uh if if i'm gonna kelly kelly if i'm gonna get excited about a for all mankind centered around this this new cast they've got to get those details right because i found myself um wanting to get engaged with a lot of the plot i thought the margo stuff um paid off very well i was genuinely moved by danny i'm so relieved that good danny did not meet the bad danny fate um and and and, and, but it's all because of the love and affection i have for these characters and the fact i've been through this long multi-decade journey with them um but I, i i constantly found my attempts to engage with what i thought was a really interesting point about kind of revolutions and labor movements and how they're viewed and and how progress is made when you know you have like decades of kind of s- s- uh, gridlock and stagnation and like when do you get bursts of progress and does progress for some mean progress forever i found those like me, my, my attempts to engage with those plots were continually undermined by uh just half-baked storytelling um, and that's something I've been concerned with all season. And I feel like I, and I was con- confident, honestly, you heard me last week. I was really confident that they would It's like, well, you know what? Sometimes every square, uh, and every square in the quilt isn't the best. And it's got some loose stitching here and there. But at the end of the day, when you look at the quilt, you're like, that's, I, I see where they're going. That's a nice looking quilt. Unfortunately, I, I feel like not all, not all the stitching got there and the, the end of the analysis. And it's just, uh, I think this is, um, a clear, a, a clear step down in, in previous season's quality. From not from the acting, not from the special effects standpoint, but just from the nuts and bolts storytelling. They're just a lot of leaps and a lot of connections that I, I, I wasn't following. Um, but like I said, I, I still this show is affecting affects me more than most others. I the amount of bawling I did, uh, especially the first time I went through. Um, the whole you know danielle returned to earth and it just kept on getting worse and worse you know like or better i better like my heart got fuller and fuller and the tears it was it it just wrung them out of me so like i i mean i gotta love a show that makes me care that much about the characters but i also looking forward to multiple seasons of these characters being dead and gone and then what so that's how i feel about for all mankind um i love kusineff's kusanets station um i i love how we ended things um i thought there's some really interesting and valid questions and observations made but woof woof some of that stuff what about you
1: uh yeah i i mean we've talked all season about the (laughs) less than stellar uh way that things have come together and I think it was no different. It was it was true all the way up till the very end of this thing. I, I point to things even in this final episode that just don't quite connect the way they want me to. Um, that said, I think there are some very exciting moments in this episode, and the thing that they're doing, which is kind of the main thrust of it, which is is basically like what Margo's saying at the end, is humanity's messy. There's no clear line from here to there. There's no clear line to justice. All of these things, the decisions we make are murky. And that's both, you know, a huge weakness, but it's also the thing that makes us us. And it's a strength in some regard. And I think that was something that they ended up getting to that made, that that really felt like they had made their point. Um, Because in the moments where I'm getting excited and I'm, looking for the heroes and who to root for and i'm like yes go you know grab your wrenches and go beat the shit out of these people who have unjustly imprisoned you and tortured you and shit like that uh i I feel myself rooting for those people and then i'm like yeah but also there's this asteroid out there that's going to help billions of people on earth and they're trying to subvert uh the the something that, that could help all those people so I found myself very getting very caught up emotionally, but also intellectually I was being pulled in multiple directions. And I think that's probably the best thing I could say about this season is they nailed that. Uh, and and they didn't always do it perfectly, right? There are there a lot of, like you said, leaps in storytelling and just like things that you have to just go with in order to get to that place. But I do think they managed to get to that place. Uh, maybe they needed another episode's worth of runtime to really flesh out the the finer details of that stuff and it would have made me happier but I ultimately I did enjoy this season um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's and I don't know if we, if we come back and do a recap or a re, uh, wrap up for this season maybe we can talk more about it but I, I think ultimately this is pretty obviously and easily the weakest of the For All Mankind seasons and that's fine every show is gonna have one right before this uh there was still a weakest season uh and it's not to say it was a terrible season it's just to say it's now the weakest season of for all mankind
0: and it's unfortunate the timing because we are probably going to lose all of the i mean we might have danny we have Margot, wasting away in prison but like the original cast we kind of fall in love with, they're gone and we don't really, you know, like I, unfortunately I think miles and Sam, I I think, I think it's a, it's an obvious decline of the show that we didn't meet Sam and miles last season, you know, yeah, um, like one of my big bones of like, why is Sam so fucking gung ho? She's going to throw herself into an ion nozzle and get fried to steal this asteroid, like what makes her tick, like, uh, the, like you know, the way same way we saw Alaya and like what shaped her as a little girl into the person that she is now. Like I would have loved to seen, like Sam busting her ass in high school. Her dream is to be an astronaut, like you know the great. She's studying Molly, she's studying Ed, the big wrist, the big swing. Like like make that like it's in her bones. She's just burning and like her her frustration with like getting to mars and the reality of like what the space program is now but like she just parachutes into the narrative to be kind of like whatever the show needs her to be do you need her to make the connections to her black market she can do that do you need her to find a martian rock she can do that do you need her to lead her labor revolt she can do that do you need her to deus ex machina your your asteroid heist uh she can do that too and I, and I yeah I I do think I I don't know if they need another episode I think they needed certainly more time in the writers room and I I don't know if there was like a hey I you know like there's rumblings about a strike we got to get this thing done and shot so we I, I I don't know but like or, or maybe it's just that like we've gone from you know doing. Like, actual NASA missions that might have been scrapped because of the Cold War II. Like, we're just inventing things out of whole cloth. We're just in science fiction town. But, like, <laughs> a lot of the this episode very much reminds me of Star Trek logic where it's like, you know, of course there's a external manual cutoff for the engines that has a... You know pci bus slot that you can just slide in your road communications device and it's just automatically gonna power and it's, just, it's all built to work that way and you know you got this big uh, uh, labeled lever that's got to be it's like it's like this is this is um them trying to disconnect the deflector dish and first contact it's like that kind of like i don't give a shit because like mm-hmm. that's the starship enterprise and who gives but like i'm just not there like i'm not at star trek with the techno babble uh and solutions of the week the show so it's like that that stuff feels a little a little weak to me so yeah yeah it's like i said it's like i don't think this is a bad season too i'd say this is like a c c c minus uh maybe at the at the very worst um but it is it is unfortunate that they're asking us to swallow this much on the season where they're giving us so little to look forward to next season it's in terms of like you know what what are the big character plots going forward
1: um yeah no we'll see um the, the I feel like they did dev some service this year uh i've found myself thinking that he is not the nefarious billionaire that i assumed he was by the end of this season and that is a good place for him to pick up next time uh because clearly he's going to pick up we're going to pick up with him next time uh if you've got a guy leading mars i don't want to feel like he's completely untrustworthy going into that that phase of of life for mars so they did a pretty good job with him um I'm very excited to see where he goes. And and I guess, yeah, Aleda is still with us. I'm excited to see where she goes. But yeah, there's not a lot, not a lot of the remaining cast to look forward to for next it's year. It's
0: like, yeah, you talk about like going from season one to season two and you're like deeply involved in like Ed and Karen and Gordo and Stacy or Tracy and uh, Ellen and Danny and their you know some cases their husbands and their brothers and their wives and and like the cupboard's pretty bare from a character standpoint and the ones that like you know like I said, miles and sam like i haven't been given a huge reason to care about them although i did think the guy who plays miles did some good work i like really liked the tension of like the you know the 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 intelligence goons working him over and him breaking i thought that was like uh, i I wasn't expecting him to do that kind of that that good of work um Mm -hmm but yeah, yeah it's it's uh uh inherently still an interesting premise I just uh they they, they need to get the they, they need to get the geopolitics and the science a little tighter I think for me to really yeah.
1: engage with this and then and, and the plot beats too I, I there's a couple of things that happened in this episode that I want to talk about uh in a little more detail that yeah. surprise me let's say same do you think it's time to get there or do we I do yeah all right
0: You're listening to Hi, Bob. We'll be right back.
1: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night.
0: Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our
1: backs. We did not see. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more For All Mankind. All right, we start off uh, with a flashback. Two months ago, there's a worker on Mars out in a rover. He finds uh, the gun that's been buried there and stashes it in his locker. This guy's name is Tuttle. Uh, they, they made a point to subtitle the text on this gun, Protect the Leader at All Costs. Did, mm-hmm. did we know what that said before? I I don't, I don't remember knowing so. that, but why make a point to tell us what it says right now?
0: I I thought it was going to have some kind of plot implications, like that this was going to be like some kind of last stand protection of like Danny or Ed or something, but it didn't really. It Is did it did an anything. irony
1: thing? Like, Is it? That at all might costs, be. Just
0: shoots Danielle, you know? It's, that might be. Yeah. um or, or also it's like it's it's a it's a signpost for like lee's character development like that's all like you know he went from like a completely brainwashed you know north korean soldier slash cosmonaut that's ready to go down for the to like someone who's ready to defy his party his country um mm-hmm. maybe i don't know um do you? I because like, here's the thing like, you know, we watch these, we're recording this in advance, we got screeners. Um, usually, I have a good idea of what the public thinks about different things. This is just you and me. Like, I, I talked a little mm. bit over Pete last night, so it, I, I believe that only Lee, Danielle, and Kuz knew of this gun, yeah, with you. Do you find it? Plausible that all three of those would just leave that gun out there and never, like, you know, when when Danielle's talking about like the the non lethal rounds and plastic bullets and what all the measures they got, that that nobody would think to go out and get that gun, or just for just just for security purposes. Do you think it's like, you know, I know it's out there by the North Korean prison complex, and maybe there's not a, a good reason to go out there, but it just seems like an awfully big
1: what if floating around you know yeah i mean i it's like what is what is one gun going to do right I, I don't think they have any ammunition for this thing so there's like a bullet i think is, there's a full i a, bet there's a full clip okay full okay magazine. let's say there's even a full clip if is, what good is a full clip in a gun on mars if you have a riot of you know 100 150 200 i don't know how many workers there are but a lot of workers like what good is one clip gonna do you not very but
0: it could definitely swing it, it could definitely it could definitely be used i think um because yeah who's the first one's gonna take the bullet like let's say that thing it's a small sure. gun and say it's got six shots seven um mm-hmm. you know guy. who's gonna be the three guys gonna take the bullet Who's going to care that much about this about this uh, yeah. labor movement? Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I just it's one of those things that's like you'd think that one of them would have gone out there to secure it or destroy it or or they would have pulled the pull uh, up the pin out of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's the big something. question
1: to me is why market? Why market? If you don't ever want this to come back, why market? I, that's the
0: thing it's like i it feels like something that like the three nations the the people representing the three nations had like a mini un and they just decided right then and there like this is a secret we're gonna mm-hmm. bury but the i i wonder if it's lee insisted that lee, you know at least uh we mark it in case we need it for i i have i have no i i honestly have no clue but i just want to see how plausible you thought it was that like it would just be out here and Nobody had gone back and gotten it, secured
1: it. Like, Well, over the course got- of the episode, I'm looking at Danielle's actions um, and the way she is, what she's what she's sanctioning, what she's approving, mm-hmm. what she's allowing to happen under her command. And I'm trying to gauge how much she knows about this because clearly like the stuff that's going on with Bishop in this episode with the torture of Miles, she yeah. knows that Bishop is questioning Miles. I don't think she knows that Bishop is torturing Miles. Agreed based on how she reacts when she sees him get a little handsy with him uh Mm -hmm. and so in my mind like her she would never leap to we need to go get a gun because violence is not is not a solution that she is prepared to even consider right yeah even though she's ordering lockdowns which what do you do with somebody who doesn't want to go into lockdown you physically violently force them into their quarters. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has to know that there's going to be some measure of violence against people who are otherwise uh, uncooperative. But I don't think she would ever leap to, we need a tool of, we need a tool that could murder someone. Yeah. So I think i pretty plausible that she was not considering it. So that's the least of my, the other concern I
0: have is they've explicitly made it clear that they are tossing and searching and going through police state style these people's quarters constantly mm-hmm. and have been for you know ever since the labor the the, the labor um, you know movement started, started agitating how has no one found this gun in these
1: giant base sweeps right I don't know I don't know I, I get the feeling that they're not as thorough as it seems they're more concerned with like intimidation because otherwise yeah. yeah you would find this gun right yeah if you're actually thoroughly searching anyway that's one thing i was i was the first thing i was like huh
0: okay but obviously this is as soon as they open with this you're supposed to think this is Chekhov's gun yeah it is going mm, to go totally. off and the final end and and it does and it's pretty and it's pretty uh, well
1: yeah i mean Chekhov was up on stage pointing to the gun mm mm-hmm. last season i mean true it, you know it's it's the irony doesn't just stop at like the, the i mean the irony is deep it, it's danielle starts with this gun pointed at her right or is mm-hmm. it coos I, I can't remember which one actually has the gun pointed at them but kind of both you know they both do yeah i mean lee is menacing both of them with this weapon and of Sure, Lee couldn't stop a two-person riot with a gun. How are you going to stop 200?
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) On the surface of Mars, where all you'd have to do is nick one of their suits. Yeah, Kuz took Uh, three seconds, like, let's just rush this guy.
1: Yeah, mm -hmm. one of us take a bullet, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, I I don't know. I did find it pretty deliciously ironic that this would come back uh, and eventually shoot Danielle. Mm Mm-hmm all right uh the asteroid let's go back to to real time here the asteroid is two hours from the burn window as we see dev monitoring things in uh, happy valley and communicating with his team in the lower decks who are I, i think the ones actually keeping this mission on track are they just mirroring the orders that that danielle's team is giving and sending those communications to ranger to make it look like they're still in control I think that's what Ed makes explicit when he tells – he,
0: like, reminds the person, hey, you got to relay that that last the, the telemetry reading or, you know, it's
1: like – What if an order comes in and Dev's, like, in the bathroom or something? <laughs> I mean – That's that, uh, that, Yeah. There's a lot of writing on Dev here in his Morse code box.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think that they have enough – um stuff into the you know the the central whatever that they don't need de- like dev is more of like because they, they'll see the commands coming in and going and they can it's more of like you know it's just another eyes and ears on things they can't see. Because they don't have okay. they don't have yeah, yeah. uh
1: the North Korean system anymore. Right, right. right, Um but this is a super cool series of shots. Uh this yes. whole thing where we fly by the asteroid, we fly by Ranger, we fly through uh, Happy Valley Station, uh, mm-hmm. deck to deck here until we get down to where Ed is. And his Reminds team. me of
0: that scene where they show they 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 show the um, the James Webb analog, you know, and you go through the system, seeing the sensors tracking, yeah. and then it goes to Earth, and it's like they're very go for break on that that kind of like um, you know kind of structural analysis.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's not it's not flashy in. I mean, there are a ton of effects happening here, but the effects aren't like big explosions and mm. lights and shit. It's really just, here's a cool piece of machinery. Let's go into detail on that. I, I As a tech nerd, I really love this stuff. I do love that stuff. I
0: did think, did you think it was weird that like, you know, Massey's up there just kind of chilling by the discriminator, acting maximum shady, and they've got now like uh, Palmer's is mean mugging him mean me mugging her like yeah i got my eye on you the whole time it's like where were you last episode when she's squirting i know you can't watch him all the time but i i just thought it was i thought it was weird that a month in maybe six it, weeks yeah. in this project that like he's still like completely it's like well if you were this suspicious of her why did you let her fetch the discriminator Uh
1: uh-huh. why it's yeah. like
0: I, I just felt like it's dumb but it's like it, it, they should have told the story of everyone has become complacent and trusting, and it, it'll be a huge shock rather than like I knew she would inv- inevitably betray us at the end. But
1: yeah, I, again, what, felt yeah, like it's just a half
0: baked little little, little loosey
1: goosey. I, I feel like Massey volunteering, Sam volunteering to go get this discriminator is kind of suspicious. I, like mm-hmm. switch out these discriminators beforehand, then do the water thing, mm-hmm. and then let somebody else go grab the discriminator because then you're. You're like, yeah. i I was here the then entire time what what blame could I possibly the in, have?
0: The invisible hand guiding the the mission yeah i
1: especially I, guess when her I, bag I feel like with the other one is just sitting right there next to it. she when she put that bag down, she could have swapped the discriminators then they just
0: needed a little bit more in the design phase of this season. There's a couple of uh, unfortunate engineering flaws and kerfuffles and some some backflow and certain regulators
1: It just yeah, yeah. Um. so last week when I wasn't here uh, Lee choked a guy out one of his fellow North Koreans uh, the guy who discovered their base down there uh, their uh, secret me and B had a big debate about whether he
0: was dead or not before you saw this episode what was your thoughts on Commander Cho dead or alive
1: I assumed he was not dead because he didn't yeah. choke him long enough but it's also TV so like right. a quick choke and they don't wake that's up That's what immediately. I was like Lee w- could mean death I guess
0: I was waiting for the snapping celery sound like if you hear that that's for sure yeah. he's dead but absent that no yeah. but you're right it's hollywood like 10 second choke they're done
1: they're done you know right uh so yeah that guy that guy's not waking up uh and Lee's very concerned and decides to take him to the med bay for treatment uh over the protest of some of the people here Gerardo was like well, look man he's seen my face he knows we're down here and what happens when he wakes up and is just like, ah, Simi or whatever his name is, well, he'll be cool. He's been cool. Before. Yeah, they're, they're definitely that the <laughs> they're definitely relying a
0: lot this season for the Russian flight surgeon to just look the other way and every yeah.
1: opportunity he has. Oh, Which well, is another loader cool. accident, huh? Yeah, <laughs> sort of like it. I yeah. like that the doc is like, "Look, it's none of my business. I'm just patching people up."
0: He's just Swiss. Yeah, he's just Switzerland. He's a remaining neutral. You know, yeah, you're all meat to me. I'm yep. <laughs> just stitching you up and bleeding you and whatever needs to be done.
1: Love it. Um, so Miles is being tortured. He's not giving up any information though. So they turn up the heat, or rather the CO two and he pukes on their shoes and tells them that he just wants to see his family uh how can he tell you what he knows if he can't breathe i was i was having a problem with these torture methods that keep people from from breathing or talking or whatever this is just a patently ridiculous torture method the that like is it i have no idea
0: NASA does not supply carbon dioxide to any of their spacecraft or space stations. Do you know why? Because it's poisonous? Because there's only 0.04... Even in today's 2024 greenhouse <laughs> paradise that we live in, we have 0.04% CO2 saturation in the atmosphere. And we make it. We make it. In fact, what NASA does is they scrub the CO2. They make oxygen and they scrub mm-hmm. the CO2 because you've got to remove it from the air. That's the trick. The problem is they want to they, they want like to replicate. There's a scene in like a Tom Clancy book where one of the protagonists interrogates a person by throwing him in a hyperbaric chamber and like pressurizing them. And then once they get ni- nitrogen narcosis, they'll they give them the bins and then they repressurize it. They want something like that, but like a carbon dioxide saturation in the room. It's like, OK, you're going to get progressively and slowly sick over the next six to eight hours they can't do that, and if uh, the realistic thing to do is have these guys take a plastic bag and wrap around Miles' head, sure, that would be how Make you interrogate CO2 someone this way. Chamber. But instead, they strap on oxygen mass and adjust the CO two levels. Like there's CO two just ready to be. It's like I, I don't know. I it, it it's it's just the more I thought it about, the more I the, the more dumb I thought it was. But
1: uh... sure, yeah, I will I guess say he's pumping I, out the atmosphere like that that might work, although it, it would be really difficult i imagine to pump out the atmosphere in a base like this because i would imagine a lot of it is connected
0: yeah yeah although i imagine there is probably it's pretty easy to isolate rooms though it has would to be like there if would be some one of them gets a room, so so maybe they could do that but you know they wanted to do this uh, co2 sickness thing um so if i put out, like if i if i take up the practicalities out of it um okay okay fine uh, I was surprised that Miles stood this tall. I was impressed by how yeah, much too. interrogation he stood up to last. He
1: is a fucking rock, man. I did not see this side yeah. of Miles. But there were a couple of telltale signs here. I, I immediately knew where they were going with this uh, as soon as he mentioned family and Bishop got a look on his face. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I see where yeah, they're going. Sure. M- much like last episode, um, I immediately knew based on the music cue that Sergey was going to die because you don't do like a half sinister musical cue and show a guy walking to his hotel room who's Mm -hmm. obviously going to be trailed by Russian agents. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. This was pretty obvious too, but I mean, it's, this is good storytelling. This is the one thing that could get to miles. Yeah. I I felt like they have told the story. I mean, he's up here because of his family. Mm -hmm. There's no other reason uh, that he would be up here. So, yeah it made total sense agreed
0: how cool would it have been if they had casted this guy and his wife last season and you know they were like young happy couple he's making money with the oil he could have been a big part of the energy like instead of it just being a faceless a bunch of americans yeah, right. bitching and moaning about it like and season one two and three for all mankind did that but
1: here he just parachutes in and they have to do oh, all this If he was in the group with Jimmy or not, it might be a little bit too small world if he was actually in that group with Jimmy. And then like, how does he stay out of prison? That kind of thing. But like, yeah, Yeah. around the edges of that. Totally. Yeah. But Elena wasn't even like
0: her dad was like in the beginning. She wasn't connected. She just they're 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 over Mexico trying to get to America for better life after her mom dies. His dad, her dad becomes the janitor there but like it mm-hmm. wasn't connected and I think they could have done that like we'd have been like who the hell is yep. this guy and why do we care about his wife but it's like oh it's an interesting showing, like the real working class Americans who are suffering because of all this progress right progress totally. isn't but like they just didn't do that and I'm actually shocked at how far they were able to come with Miles unfortunately Sam is like a mile or two behind in terms of character development it really just feels like she is the facilitator of the plot, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That would have been cool. Not what we got though. Um, let's go over to Margo. She wakes up in her office with an invitation from Eli and she's escorted to his office where she finds both Eli and also arena awaiting her. Uh, arena says she didn't want to miss the culmination of their efforts and that they'll be headed back to star city together. As soon as the asteroid is on its way to earth.
0: The bullfinch played a pretty cool, I gotta say. You know, she was not gloating cool. You know, there's a little subtle, menacing gloat, but nothing that Margot would have picked up on unless she knew about sergey So sure. Um, and the bullfinch gets her come up at the end of this episode. So, oh yeah,
1: I'll forgive her being smug. The scene. Yeah. Uh, I I like this this big surprise with Margot. I mean, Margot's sort of adjusting. Margot's feeling like she's American right all these all these scenes of her eating hamburgers all of this stuff is making her feel at home here sleeping in her old office
0: again yeah
1: right and then to have arena just parachute into what is becoming normal life again just blows that all up when she walks in this room she's just smacked in the face by oh yeah I'm still a Russian prisoner yeah Uh, Yeah. I, I really like that they did a good job in this scene uh, so Margo goes over to Mission Control and tells Aleda that Arena is here. And uh, Aleda says, Sergey hasn't been returning her messages. So Margo asks her to please go to him and tell him that it's not safe here anymore. And she agrees to do that. Which, uh, can I just say how buck wild it is? that Aleda would be leaving her post again, again two hours to go (laughs) two hours hours to burn time a ten trillion dollar mission kicks off, I know they're not paying ten trillion, but it's worth ten trillion I gotta leave the floor, what? I gotta take a big
0: messy shit, what? (laughs) well you know what happened to Bill Henderson
1: Yep. Yeah, I, and you we don't, still you don't have the diapers in the back? Strap one on, Alita. <laughs> no, I
0: yeah, I thought the same thing. Like two hours. Also, why yeah. is he in danger? Like if the like if the Russians knew about him, like it's not it's not the bullfinch is going to come here with a fucking hypodermic needle or a twenty two caliber bullet, <laughs> like an umbrella with rice on the tip. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She got to give him a polonium milkshake or some. I don't. yeah. With, yeah. his, with his with the wash down his Big Mac, I, I I I I was I was side eyeing. I, I I think that things got better as we go, but I was side eyeing a lot of this stuff in the beginning.
1: Yeah, she's gonna get a reputation. I mean, the the last time she walked out, it was mid mission, and people were screaming and dying. But yeah, so I guess this is a step up. I don't know if you get, yeah. if you got to leave during a mission, leave before it. And it's also like I think
0: this—they're sh- really blurring the lines between her being a NASA employee and Helios. She's a Helios employee. It's not clear to me at all why. Oh, I, although true. I guess he, this is a joint Helios M7. They probably yeah, uh, they had the Ross Cosmos Station, so of course. But like she's hand entering code. I don't know. I I felt like they're a little bit trying to have it both ways there, but I don't know.
1: Yep, with you. All right, uh, the CIA goon bishop tells danielle that miles isn't cracking she orders him to continue working on it and uh also orders a lockdown and another security sweep um which i at this point i'm starting to think is danielle okay is she cool with what's going on with miles here does she know because she was acting like she knew and was totally cool with it it
0: a little bit strange Stain, st- stains her halo tarnishes her halo that she gets this kgb and cia goon on a literal jack bauer ticking time bomb type solution and mm-hmm. thinks that they're just gonna be like good cop bad copping him you know and the bad cop right, is just right. just yelling really loud i uh-huh. threatening like i i do think because when she says obviously we'll keep on questioning him she's thinking like yeah keep interrogating him you know try to do carrot stick whatever she's not thinking you're torturing someone you're yeah, like you're essentially waterboarding them yeah. with co2 and but she should have she should have known better yeah probably. It's, it's too bad that's too bad but you know what she didn't want this job she wanted to be back home with the grandbaby she wanted to be watching star trek so did i by the end of this episode i'm with you danielle <laughs> This is fire up strange new worlds. Forget about all this.
1: Uh, Yeah. So the goon squad goes into action here. They continue the sweep of the base, violently forcing people into their quarters. Uh, One of them finds the gun in the locker, but rather than reporting it, he just sticks it in his boot or his pocket or whatever. Uh, This is wild. This is the second time somebody has just pocketed this gun i can I, the first time I watched worker, this, but this
0: guy i got confused i thought this was tuttle that he saw that things were breaking bad and he's like i want to get this gun i want to have it on me but no tuttle gets arrested uh-huh. this is one of the ex-military goons that has been deputized in the goon squad and he's just like shit my hit the fan i'm gonna get i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this gun it yeah rubber bullets I guess, no thanks I kind of wish they just made a Tuttle. The Tuttle was just like, you know, he's like, man, shit's going wild. I'm a civilian. I'm, I don't mm. know what to do. I like, I felt weird for this guy to be like on his hands and knees, crying and getting his gun. And uh I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, hmm. I mean, it's part of that messy, like people making decisions that seem foolish or irrational or weird but again a better season would have had because they talk about
0: these all ex military types you could have seen like this that you know most of them are pretty professional and hey we didn't get hired to do this but i guess this is the job that has to be done and this is the guy who's like the big bragger he's the one that maybe takes things a little too far when he's hassling employees and like give him something because otherwise it just yeah I don't know like why did this guy break why did he have such a a, a a complete failure of discipline and why did he steal the gun in the first place mm-hmm. you're like the law enforcement. I don't know it's a little bit we own this city here but they didn't they, it's it's but it's literally the 11th hour storytelling yeah
1: so. there's a lot of that in this episode for sure yeah unfortunately um so then a goes to Sergei's motel and she finds out that he supposedly shot himself which we know better
0: uh this stands scene where... for aleda's uh i can't remember her actors the the actor's name but her losing her shit in silence and just screaming fuck 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 when this nice man from yugoslavia shoots himself in the mouth i i, I it's it's uh her, her, and um, you know Ren Schmidt both Sweden. like have standout performances in this episode of just just spontaneous grief and outrage.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going through her head. I mean, obviously, like th- there's there's a level of, oh, this is bigger than we thought it was. We've mm-hmm. you know been found out, and like there there's there's a whole lot of reasons to be worried and uh, concerned for, you know, both yourself and, and the space program and everything. Yeah, 100%. Is, is the thing going through her head, though, I allowed Margo to Margo me? Because, like, she is mm. so... I, I mean, look at where Margo was with Sergey last season at this point. She was, you know, being blackmailed by the Russians to continue giving up secrets. This season... Aleda has judged her thoroughly for that and said, I can never forgive you for these things. And now she herself is doing the exact same thing. She's Mm -hmm. allowed Margot to put her in that position. And this is where, like, I I feel like this is the moment where that all comes flooding in and she realizes it.
0: Like, the jig is up. Oh, my God, is Margot going to die? Oh, my God, am I going to go to Leavenworth? Like, what's going to happen to my kids? What's my husband going to say? Yeah, it's... I. I could lose everything.
1: And also the and sadness of like, I was just, just like dis- trying to help a friend. Right. And, and I can't tell if this is her realizing how easy it was for Margaret to fall into this trap because she now has fallen into it just by trying to help a friend out. Like, I think there's a little I, difference because Margot always had this kind of great
0: man type philosophy. Cause it's like, if you read between the lines of the, in the last episode, I know you were like fevered and uh, COVID ridden. But there's this throwaway line where she makes it clear that the reason she gave Sergey the fusion reactor plans was so the Russians wouldn't fall so far behind that the United States would just declare the space race over and, and, and shit can Mars. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a human. I mean, it's humanitarian and kind of like, well, I don't want the space race to end. But she has been pulling the strings for decades to keep like this wasn't just like, oh, the Russians beat us to the moon. So it's it's been also Margot sandbagging the U.S. space program and giving a little bit of information just to keep it the, the race competitive. So she's been, you know, and, and I, I, lo- I we saw this at the very beginning of the season. We talked about this, how there's so many clear parallels between her and Von Braun verner von braun that you know that he that, that you know he made the sacrifice by looking the other way during the nazi thing Margot comparatively a lot less war crimey but still this is a single person deciding how humans should spend their resources mm-hmm. and manipulating it to make it so because i mean i i believe that this space this space is worth funding to explore but I'm sharing this planet with like 8 billion other people and like they get a say too. And the people in sub saharan Africa is like, gee whiz, we'd like rather have desalination plants and some clean drinking water. How can I tell them? Well, you guys get fucked because we're making this long 50 to hundred year play for human history to explore space. It may or may not pay off. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, Margot, I, I don't think she got into her situation just to help a friend. She sure. was try, but 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 Aleda certainly is in that position, and uh, yeah. she is just as effectively trapped, regardless of the of the motivations.
1: And now, now she's swinging into the Margot territory, where she has to make a big call um, to keep the space program going. Essentially, um, agreed by the yeah. end of this episode, and that that scene is great. It's it's one of the better scenes in the episode um, where they mm-hmm. both come to kind of a realization of what needs to happen here, and then. Decide who's going to execute it and who's going to take the fall, and all of that stuff is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't help but think, oh my God, she's she's been margoed in this situation. Uh, so Bishop threatens Miles' family, but uh, promises to keep him safe if he just tells them what he wants to know. And Miles cracks and he gives up the location of Ved and Dev's team. I, I did think this guy's playing Miles
0: did a really good job the way he played that breaking uh, as being like something he almost wishes he could take back as soon as he did it. Like mm-hmm.
1: But it's also um, so inevitable, right? Like there was no that there was nothing on this planet that was gonna keep him from trying to save his family here.
0: Yeah, and it's a credible threat. I do wonder what if he just stood tall, because like the other thing about this is like, how do you know they're going to? They're not just going to fuck you anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, but like nice.
0: also, it's like you know, if the terrorists got their your the pistol to your your wife, your child's head, and they're going to pull the trigger right now. You'll do anything to put the the, the you know mm-hmm. put that off another day, because the, the other day, who knows what might happen? As long as you're still alive, totally. things are. I, however. With the nature of the time-sensitive, like, we were two hours at the beginning of this episode away. Did they just have this information on Mars? Did they just have this CCTV footage of her sneaking the moon rocks and stuff ready to go? Like, I wouldn't think so, because I'm like, how the hell would they have gotten all this stuff together in time to do this dog and pony in front of Miles? It didn't seem like they had enough time. Yeah, Miles was a nobody.
1: Miles was... I mean why really the CIA has had like this tap on Miles family the entire do they do this with everybody who's on Mars do they keep tabs on everybody's family because
0: I thought the story was the Russians knew about the black market operation probably because they were spying on Ilya and when uh, Miles took it over they just observed that but they didn't share that with the CIA how would they They didn't even know the CIA I I mean I'm sure they knew that there's somebody there but they didn't know who it is and it seemed very clear that the American had no idea who Miles was it was the Russian that knew so like where yeah and, and if it's the russians how the hell did the russians have his wife under surveillance at the mars thing like they might know about it right and be but like it, it, it again if this is the only thing wrong the episode probably wouldn't even noticed but like at this point in the episode i'm noticing all the shortcuts and as mm-hmm. much as i because I I, I I wasn't as hip to you i didn't notice the family connection right away um, or if I did, when we get the scene and they roll in the black bag with the Velcro and the clinking and clanking and they're You're talking low, another... I'm like, oh, they're going to get. And that's what Miles yeah, clearly is some thinking. Shit, yeah. So when they pull out the tablet, it's like, oh, so it's cool. It's just like, again, uh, unfortunately, one too many shortcut for me not to see what they're doing. And kind of like part of my brain is like, I don't know the whole time it's happening while well, I'm mm-hmm. watching Miles like completely lose his shit and his whole future dissolves in real time I'm still like how would they have I don't uh, where did this footage come from and
1: yeah like here's the other question is it really this hard to find Ed and Dev's team like okay we've swept the base nine times we found nothing these are human beings it's not like there are a lot of places to hide a human being yeah like checking the bottom locker that's a you know eight by eight cube it's, there's not going to be a human being in there. Like, there are and only so they, many places and, to go. And where have you not checked? Oh, the places that are under construction. Maybe we should go down there and check it. Like, the no, idea that Daniel no, says, no. we go no down we, there, we shut that down, we locked yeah, out we, the controls.
0: We, we put a lock on that elevator. No way. Right? No way when we have a rogue HVAC guy going around undoing our. Our lockouts. It's, it's it's crazy that they have not checked down there. I'll tell you another thing. It's crazy they didn't know immediately who was in on the thing because they just did a full curfew base. Like, I watch guys knocking uh-huh. on and, like, making sure it's like, well, uh, going into the crisis, Dev, Ed. Like, these, these aren't just, like,
1: nobodies. You're not going to miss Ed and Dev. I mean, Dev. So, so Dev is, is mingling, right? Dev is among the command crew so he would not okay, be noticed you're right. but Ed missing Gerardo Ed missing uh, one of the uh, ringleaders of the
0: labor movement that just you know uh-huh. was a terrorist cell and you're in you know quote unquote terrorist cell in your
1: mind yeah I, I thought that was a lot of hooey too yeah but the idea that you wouldn't check these lower levels just because well, we put an override yeah. lockout on the elevator is absurd yeah yeah again this has been going on for a month by the way <laughs> right right uh so Dev notices that Danielle and her team are mounting up to uh go storm the lower decks, and he warns ed's team that they're coming and when danielle's team arrives, the opscom is deserted, but Danielle sees what their plan was yeah um and that's where you know that's the the
0: the the, the everyone the the principals on the show finally catch up to where the audience has been for a couple of weeks and I like how Marv is like, is that even physically possible? Can someone do that? Steal an asteroid? Like, that's what we've been talking about the last three weeks, Marv.
1: Yep. Good you're catching yep. up. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and Will's brought in on this process. Arena is there in the office talking with him. Um, seems like everything is back on track. Seems like the plan to steal the asteroid from Mars is off. What are you going to do without mm-hmm. ghost ops? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, what can you do? Uh, I do really like where Ed and his team end up hiding out it makes it makes total sense like all, all of the things that they've had kind of spinning in the background here these plates mm. I do feel come together pretty nicely here at the yeah. end with like not the North clean, Koreans and their sort of sovereign there. state they've got going on yeah, here yeah, on yeah. Mars and you know the the willingness or unwillingness to violate that territory It's it's all pretty good yeah yeah and the alliances they've forged over the course of the last few episodes mm-hmm. i like it
0: yeah there's a little fruits of the poisonous tree with i don't fundamentally buy lee's storyline but like oh, totally it, yeah but <laughs> it's again we gonna the, the, get worse from here that's what i'm saying it's, it's it's a shoddy piece of quilt but you could stitch it together to, to keep yourself warm for sure and i think it worked at that level
1: uh so gerardo is found and Bishop grabs him, slams him up against a bulkhead before Danielle calls him off. Uh, Danielle seems to be displeased with Bishop's methods here. I I don't know what she thought. We we kind of discussed this. I don't know what she thought was happening with Miles, but just mm. talking, I guess. Because uh, she's really, like, dismayed. He grabs him forcefully, pushes him against the bulkhead and screams at him. But well, she doesn't relieve him of
0: his duties or confine him to nope. quarters or... Uh, reassign someone to not not that I would I don't know the bishop would take that instruction like once he was activated I, I think yeah, about yeah. Danny is like a little naive because once he was activated by the Department of Defense he's probably like the CIA and the KGB are the guys calling the shots at this point
1: oh but was like the commander of this base yeah right
0: yeah yeah well Al Gore told me I, I need to get this thing done so
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the commander in chief and um, then we see Dev and Ed's team hiding out in the North Korean part of the base.
0: I love Lee Buffalo and his own men. They're like, "What are these four these Westerners doing in here?" And he's like, "Hey, Commander Cho in the sick bay. I'm the top dog, and you're gonna like fall." Aside. So now, like, you can see the the Korean soldiers are like doing the math. Like, this seems like bullshit. But it's the exact also, kind of bullshit that if you stop without authorization, you might injure, you know, end up in a like the North Korean gulag equivalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, what are they going to do? Because it yeah. might it might be a wild psyop that they're all
1: doing. Who knows? No, that's where showing us things like Lee trying to say hi to Ed and it getting shut down hard really pays off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. At this point I was thinking, this can't be it. This is so anticlimactic, right? To have them do this whole Ghost Ops thing, have Sam Risk her neck up on Ranger and for it to just fall apart in the end, there's no way this is the end of this plan. But I didn't see another avenue. I didn't either where they needed to go. And I felt like that's a problem because I do feel like the last
0: three twists here just felt like them making up complications. I couldn't possibly. It's
1: the override switch thing that kills me. understand. Yeah. I I think everything else for me tracked, right? The the North Koreans might have. That was clever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, All that stuff worked for me. It's really just like you want to install an override between the ship and it's engines that seems wild to me and then you know the lego like nature of the pieces that just kind sort of plug into it seemed also yeah
0: like so, i uh, i would kind of am i crazy to want to see massey like twisting wires together no that's like, what like, i expected like, to see but. yeah that this is not meant to the 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 what to, to pull a manual override and put a, 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 a remote slave switch into it like what and then then the fact that there was an uno reverse that nasa could play it's like well there's a there's a way to shut down a fusion reactor of course we wouldn't put that on the ship the captain can't scram his reactor but we can all we got to do mm. is do some high speed coding to make it and you know write all this fucking fortran in 35 minutes and you know i, I it, yeah. It, yeah like I said, i I wonder if the if it wouldn't have been better if it was just an Ocean's Eleven style heist with maybe one twist. But the fact that it kept on Uno reversing till the very end, um, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like I said, I, I I I I wish there was like only a third of the things we're complaining about to complain about because I think you would just be like, well, you just you're you're mm-hmm. sounding like a nitpicker, you know. But like, unfortunately, there's so many nits to pick. Sure. And I feel like that's the other thing is I felt like if I the more I knew about any particular thing that they're trying to assert as like science fact or something, the more I'd call bullshit. If I was like an actual rocket person or an a, an engineer or something, I would mm. be really rolling my eyes. I'm just rolling out the eyes of the stuff I kinda sorta know about, you know? Yeah. I want to go look at that code. Better oh look at it. I wanted to go back. This is something I know we commented about, but like Marv's reaction to finding out these guys stealing the asteroid is like don't they know what we're trying to do change the world they're trying to line their pockets this is a ci this is a c this is the former ceo of chrysler i think so yeah this is a multi-millionaire hundred Mm -hmm. millionaire if not a billionaire talking about workers wanting to line their pockets I mean, this is like, I know we got feedback of this last bit. I just like the absurdity of the fact that like, if you guys had just made these, these workers all Godfather offers, yeah, it'd be a rounding error in the budget of this project. And you would have no, pro- you would have enthusiastic support from the workers. Yep. Absolutely. Like, it's so interesting how myopic, in fact, I thought this was an excellent simulator for like how you would feel as an American in 1775. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a whole lot of patriots and a whole lot of founding fathers and a whole bunch of of, of sniveling loyalists. Mm-hmm. And 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 how you talk about that, I think it's like would would let you know how you would feel about living in America or being in England when America succeeds. Because like this is what it is. This is a per, This is a. This is a colony go declaring their independence.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, yeah, he he i don't feel like he's ever had a finger on the pulse of any of this stuff and this is the thing i i keep seeing marv getting more and more uh it, it becoming more and more aware of the type of situation he's in here and and yeah. it weighing heavier and heavier on him and i, I could just see him like physically slumping every single episode more and more him and
0: Danny are the same people right they're both people who kind of thought they were done and ready to go into the golden years and they've been pressed back in service by politics because you're the only one mm-hmm. that can help and don't you want to serve and are just getting kicked in the teeth for it you know yeah
1: and and he just it, I, and maybe maybe they're both like this but he certainly doesn't seem like he has a grip on the situation like he is not. Yeah. he is he is misjudged pretty much everybody top to bottom and their motivations across this entire season and even Danny like trying to
0: appeal to like our shared home and Ed and Lee and Dev have already gone like native Martian they're like fuck that like you know we're not we're not British people we're Americans hello we're not Terrans we're Martians now
1: to a degree has, has misjudged people too um but like I,
0: I didn't even see that like I think that's a particularly I think they did a poor job of Ed's character too because I did not get this founding father thing I thought this was a purely cynical and, and I think I, I had a conversation with Pete last night where he kind of leaned into that it's like well that's the point like sometime progress is made not because of the noblest intentions mm-hmm. but because of the basis selfish uh, intentions you know people have something they want to protect it they're tired of I mean, that's a lot of the founding fathers were like you know black market profiteers that didn't want like you know Britain coming in and 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 building out official systems because they were lining they were lining their pockets from all this illicit trade. Um so it's like Man, yeah they had all
1: the ingredients of a really great Ed story here and I feel like they didn't quite get there. Um, I, like yeah with Alex, I don't know they they have the perfect opportunity for him to do something selfish but also loving for his own grandson. Like uh-huh yeah, Alex is up here on Mars, but what kind of future does he have up here on Mars? You know, is this going yeah. to be something where they shut down the program and he has to go back to Earth and live under worse conditions for himself?
0: Yeah.
1: They they could make that point, make him really care about his grandson and be doing this stuff for that reason. And that's, that's a fairly selfish reason. And that's great because that still gets you where you want to be with... You know the the messy nature and the selfishness of some people's actions being good at, occasionally for the overall uh, mass of humanity, but
0: yeah, it know. feels to me like they were still right and. The last few episodes when they're shooting the first few and they just decided to do you a U-turn or maybe that they, again, they're really leaning on what Pete says that sometimes progress happens because of the worst impulses of humanity, not necessarily because of our best impulses. And I think that's true to a certain extent, but I, I guess I would have liked to seen them show Ed as like fr- not complacent like he was like a fat, complacent cat at the top of the the pecking order just completely self-satisfied because he's got his rocket man job still and he's still top stick and or still top gun and 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 i would rather him be like see him like frustrated at the complacency and the stagnation and how like you know like like he should be outraged by what you know like that that's not right what we're doing to these people like how can we expect these people to leave their lives and come up here and we bait and switch them like, make him be, like, more of a revolutionary figure, but I I don't know what the utility is of making him be this, like, very self-centered person and just pull this, like, I'm a Martian bullshit thing out of his ass at the end, which
1: yeah, I when I mean, he explains it to Kelly, I get it, right? Like, I it's uh, the last episode, because this episode, Kelly is not a factor at all. Um,
0: she yeah, what? Up in yeah,
1: one scene to be stunned. What did by Ed Daniels? tell
0: Kelly? You know, when we know because that's something that mean uh, B we talking about. It's like what you know, we had this big emotional thing about you got to be honest with me, Dad, and he has honest about his personal motivations. Oh. But then he, yeah, yeah. she's like, okay, now what's really going on? What did with he tell her? Death. Did uh, she? Did he say, mind your own business? Apparently,
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe he said, uh, I I need a day or two, and then I'll tell yeah. you. But. Uh, It would be nice to know stuff that that's like where I was going with it. Right. Right. And
0: I I feel like that was both. They could have done either or, but those storylines took away from each other. Like it would have been nicer if they had that characterization all completely lined up. And, and also I think it's bullshit that they treated that conversation with Kelly as a cliffhanger and they just, Mm. no, nope. Kelly comes in with a look of shock after
1: Danny uh Got shot, and she holds his hand, <laughs> and, and that's be it. Ten years at minimum before we revisit that conversation. Yeah, if and ever,
0: that, probably never. Probably never. I think Ed's dead next season, and that felt
1: again. This feels feels kind of rushed and slipshod. Yep. Um But personally, it it made some sense to me. They they eventually got there with Ed. I you get you get at least what's going through his head and why he's made some of the choices he's made. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm about you know him feeling like he's just going to waste away, be stuck in a nursing home, be completely useless and powerless uh, as a human being if he goes back to Earth. And so this is his new home. And I, I get that. That makes sense. Um, so I, I didn't really have a huge problem with the choices he made, but I do feel like there was a better way to do it. And it probably involved Alex a little bit more because yeah. none of that, none of that stuff really like connected ultimately. Like, okay, he he uses Alex to as part of his heist, but it felt like that was the culmination of the Alex plot line, and then boom, he's gone. Forget about Alex because he doesn't matter to the plot anymore. Yeah, if you squint, you can definitely
0: see it, but you put your put your glasses on and it comes into focus. Like, oh, that doesn't really.
1: those those parts don't quite line up you know yeah t minus three seconds until the ad here
0: are the highlights coming up this week on bald move
1: the first of the summer shows to hit our calendar begins next week so it's time for us to talk about the boys join us for the season four preview podcast this thursday to see if the boys can continue to delight and disgust
0: This is normally where we tell you about what's going on with the latest Prestige podcast. Unfortunately, due to the very hectic nature of our summer lineup, we decided to move Prestige to an every other week release schedule. That means no Prestige podcast this week. We'll be back with more
1: Prestige covered soon. Don't forget about the bear. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. We're just under a month to go until Badass Fest 6.
0: Each year, we take the blockbuster month of July to celebrate the 80s and 90s action stars we grew up with. Big guns, big muscles, bigger explosions. If it's dumb, fun, and kicking ass,
1: we love it. This year, we're inviting you to our hometown to watch a secret badass film with us. Afterwards, we'll record the podcast. Get your tickets and full event info at baldmove.com live. No hints about the movie, except we're pretty sure most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be a real crowd-pleaser. Our neighborhood theater features a full bar, all your favorite snacks, and we'll be providing some custom movie-themed cocktails. It's
0: happening Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. right here in the Queen City, Cincinnati. Get full
1: details and tickets now at baldmove.com live. And hey, if you'll be in town on Saturday and have an appetite for outdoor adventure, join Aaron on an optional side quest as he guides a group of intrepid Bald Move kayakers down our national scenic river, the Little Miami. Once again, get full details on all main and side quests and get your tickets now on our
0: Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com live.
1: Touchdown, and we're back. On Earth, later returns to Mission Control and tells Margo that they should go to her office. And once there, she tells Margo the news about Sergei. And then Margo uh, does something impulsive, goes out and t- kind of like half-confronts Arena about this in front of everybody until she realizes that this may not be the place um, or that she's not going to get anywhere with this and then excuses herself. I'm I'm trying to figure out what exactly is going through Margot's head here, as she looks around at the faces gawking. Is is she embarrassed or is she like this is doing no good? I think the latter. She realizes
0: like she's just all she's just operating on pure instinct. You know when mm-hmm. she calls the bullfinch out, she doesn't have any plans. She. I thought it was a really classy way to handle the disclosure because it's like there's nothing more tedious than telling an audience something they already know and they've been told twice now. Once when we saw Sergei's Mm -hmm. brains blown out, once when Aleda went through it. Now doing the like no, you know, we're outside a window just seeing Margot go through all five stages of grief in like 30 seconds and then literally swallow her emotions Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh wow, that's a strong person. She's going to go out there and do her job but then no, like she sees... I don't think she intended to call the bullfinch out, but, like, she hits the hallway and there her and Marv are. There she is. Mm -hmm. And she just cannot stay silent. Um, And I really like, you know, and, and that's the thing is, like, she's seeing, like, Marv is there. Like, are you okay? Do I, like, and this is a person who's powerful and could intercede but she's doing the math and like what that would mean. And if it would implicate a late late and she realized she's uh, just, I'm trapped. I'm just as trapped as I was yesterday and they've murdered my boyfriend. Yeah. And I can't do anything about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wonder they, they, how they, much
0: of this led Margo into her, you know, progress is not free. I wonder how
1: much of that, like that, how much of this stiffened her spine yeah, I mean, this is it, right? This is like if there, if you were pulling straws, this is the last straw, and and Margot just can't. She she doesn't care about the consequences to herself anymore. Yeah, um, she's just going to make her a sacrifice of herself to to continue the space program. Um, I, there, there's a moment, a, a very small moment that I really love in this scene where we're watching sort of through the windows and margo's going through that grief and Mm -hmm. Alita is just kind of standing there like she's horrified she she sees what margo's going through and from off frame just before margo turns to leave aleda reaches toward her and you can kind of see her hand come off the the side of the frame like she's going to put a hand on Mm -hmm. her shoulder Mm -hmm. but then margo spins and she pulls that hand back and i Mm i like there's such and combining that with the hug that she runs up to give her uh, as she's being led away in chains at the end of this episode it there's there is a really powerful like characters who care deeply about each other but one of them certainly and maybe both of them are not the type of people to show it uh, even in these dire just like awful circumstances there's certainly something not really feel comfortable like,
0: showing it yeah
1: yeah, there's something there's something real sad about that uh, that I, I really thought was a nice moment, and I I don't even know how much of it was intended uh, or planned. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gerardo is taken to the same room as Miles, and he tells him it's over. Miles does. Uh, and We'll see more of that here in a second, because um, the Ranger's about to begin the burn. They hit the burn window. Again, really nice effects
0: very clean it's just like if this is what this would look like in real life
1: I felt like Mm -hmm. and you see Ed's team kind of reacting to this it's like okay what what the hell are we going to do because we're stuck here in the North Korean quarters we don't have any way to communicate with Sam we don't have any way to take over Ranger and control this burn and then Ed notices some private North Korean radio uh, gear And they realize that they can use this to tell Sam to give them control of the engines. But in order to do that, she's going to have to do an EVA during the burn, which is dangerous. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a whole description here about like her and, and it's, you know, it's important because it's like these stakes are very much front and center throughout this episode, but she's got to go out to where I guess the engines meet the rest of the ship here and plug in a module it's going to allow them com- to communicate with the engines and also pull this manual override switch um that's going to remove Rangers' ability to communicate with its own engines. Uh But that can only be done outside the ship. Yeah. Uh
0: I thought it was like the fact that the North Koreans' paranoia and the fact that they baked into the M7 charter that they'd have an exclusive ability to talk to their... Uh, personnel privately the there, there'd be no interference yeah. by the western it. yeah it's like it's it's I, I did i thought this was this is this is this is the part of for all mankind Of felt like old for all mankind mm-hmm. you know and they even kind of like you know with ed knowing korea last episode, is like he would be the one that kind of thinks about this stuff and I, I thought this yeah now everything else like you said the manual override switch with the nice little plug in to accept the pirate module and the fact that it's spring loaded why the hell would you have a manual switch on the outside of a spacecraft that an astronaut would have to maintain positive pressure to keep the cutoff going like what what but I don't know dude but this one thing they did they, they, they were cooking this North yeah. Korean communication gear yeah I do like that All right, uh, Dev gets a hold of Sam. Did you find it odd that Dev is the one that's like, as soon as Ed says about the radio, Dev just had a complete soup-to-nut solution involving all the components and all the hardware and and something that Massey can do in about 60 minutes? Uh, No, no.
1: I mean, he's a smart guy. (laughs) And it is his spaceship, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like the guy who might know about this stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Dev gets a hold of Sam through the Koreans on Ranger and sends her outside of the ship. She's spotted, though, on the security cameras. And uh, Dev starts guiding her through the the override EVA. Said you wanted to be an astronaut, didn't you? I don't think anything in the Astronaut Handbook says we're going to have to do uh, an EVA during a burn and we're going to be doing it. Against the wishes of NASA, that's the crazy thing. Like NASA is not sanctioning this. This is not being an astronaut. This is being a space pirate,
0: man. So that's I. All of the execution of this scene, I did not like, unfortunately, because I kept on thinking, how much thrust are we talking about here? because Massey's grunting like she's bad Danny from last episode or last season trying to uh, you know climb to the 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 hub of the space station that's spinning at 3g's but yet you look at her tether and it's just slack you, you when she she mm. she lets go of the 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 the, the control panel it just kind of floats until it hits the dry plume and then it it just takes off because apparently the ions pushed on it that hard but, like, I'm not – they're not and, – and and for some reason the thrust is, like, 15 degrees off axis, which I don't know. That might be part of the burn. But, like, none of this felt real. Like, there's no – like, from Massey's acting perspective and from the special effects, there is no frame of reference where this thrust feels like it's a thing. And I've seen shows do this so much better. I've seen shows where the point is someone's – I've seen this show do – uh, you know, like a, a a inertial frame of reference, better. Like I said, when when Bad Danny did the climb up the elevator shaft, I think that was a lot better. I, mm. I yeah, I, I just, it just really, it just really bugged me. Huh? Yeah. I did, like it felt really like the thrust it. was irrelevant unless the unless the writers wanted you to notice it. You know, yeah. it's like the thrust came in when she's throwing a panel away, when Palmer's getting knocked off against his tether, everything else, it's just like, you know, she's grunting, but like her body is a 90 degree parallel to the thrust. Why the hell would you, you know? And her, again, her, 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 um, you know, tether is just kind of dangling there, limp and loose. It's not being pulled in any one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, like I said, I, it's just really sloppy. Gotcha. I did like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. It added so much tension that like, this is a for all mankind trademarked a little, tick, 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 you know, kind of like uh, uh, putting a ticking sound effect inside, like a metronome, the soundtrack, it really amps the tension. It's a, like a mission impossible type of thing.
1: Yeah. Surprisingly, this was not the part of the episode that really got me going. Uh, even though, yeah, there's supposed to be a lot of tension in these scenes. I mean, they, they, you know, Palmer pops his head out the hatch and you're supposed to be like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And and I was, I just wasn't feeling it. Because um, more he, of who an intellectual cares? registration of it. But
0: yeah, who, who 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 cares? Like if Massey had flown into the drive cone, I would have been like, oh, that's interesting. If Palmer had fried in the drive
1: cone, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. But it's like... It, well, and get... it goes back to that, who am I rooting for here, you know? Do I want the Martians right. to get the rock? Do I want Earth to get the rock? I... I I did not like that. I'm actually certain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a as a hypothetical Earther, how do I feel about what they're doing here? But mostly, I just wish they did a better job with making Massey a a, a fully three dimensional, realized character. You sure. know. Um. Yep. I was thinking like we usually see people like Molly or Tracy or Danielle or Ellen in these situations. And we've gone all the way through their training. We've seen their home life. We know what this means to them. We know what being a pilot means to them or doesn't mean to them. Massey just like, yeah, she wanted to be an astronaut always, ex- except for the time she wanted to be a union labor person or except at times that she was kind of interested in Miles and a relationship. And, and and remember all the time, like Miles getting jealous of watching her yeah. make time with like,
1: what the fuck was all this? And then almost kissing. I Yeah, it, it's a little weird. A little weird. Right. But she always wanted to be an
0: astronaut. I swear to! did they mm-hmm. make that up two episodes ago and that's like because I, I, I it does feel like they were still the ink was was wet on these scripts when they were yeah. then they were already been shooting for six weeks I, I don't know I don't know what went wrong but it didn't exactly go right
1: alright so Ranger realizes what Sam's doing and they tell Danielle who sends Palmer out to put a stop to it uh, then Bishop calls her aside and tells her that the crew might be in the North Korean module um, the the crew they're looking for and he's waiting on approval to go in and so Danielle gives them the heads up. He she calls Ed over at the North Korean module and tells him to stop this. And Ed says, uh, no, Mars is my home now and hangs up on her. Is this the ballsiest high Bob in series yeah, history? I loved it. and And how it's so obviously <laughs> and immediately not going to be returned. <laughs> uh huh.
0: Yeah, I I love her in full mom mode. Like, Lee, put on Ed. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Ed's not here. Cut the crap, Lee. Yeah, You know, (laughs) don't make me come down there. (laughs) And Ed's like, yeah, okay. Hi, Bob. Uh, Again, I wish this tracked more. I wish this, I was honestly shocked to see these things coming out of of Ed's mouth. This kind of like raw Martian patriotism. Mm Mm-hmm yeah they hadn't quite connected those dots i like it i like it it tracks with his character it's just like i feel like they were writing him wrong him and dev both kind of in the in the, in the beginning of this season it just wasn't or maybe i'm i don't know maybe i'm uh obtuse and I'm, I'm not seeing the grand architecture here but it uh it didn't none of these moments quite landed the way i hope they would have
1: yeah and I kept thinking, where is Kelly in all this? You know, as we tick closer to the end of this episode, I'm thinking, where is Kelly? What yeah. was this conversation they had? would it How... be interesting
0: if Kelly had defected too, and she decided, like, yeah, we, we you're right, they are going to strangle Mars, and I, I'm on board with this, Dad, and we should yeah, fight. Yeah, like she was and... going to
1: have Dev's robot army come out swinging or something Yeah. <laughs> this. I, I kept looking for the Kelly angle in all this, and it just never materialized uh,
0: unleash the hounds of war and it's the boston dynamics robots uh-huh. running through the base <laughs> dude,
1: dude, yeah doing somersaults and uh-huh. uh spin kicks and shit yeah Let's slip the bots of war cry havoc <laughs> uh
0: <laughs> and that is like yeah the way like he like went I mean, he's very, he's Beltalota here. Like, oh, you, you well walla tied to your little blue planet with its abundant. It's, it's, it feels like someone something next, next season or the season after that would say, but it was a lot for Ed to get to. I just wish that, I wish they'd, yeah. I wish they'd uh, move the pieces a little bit
1: better. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so NASA gets word of what's going on with the Ranger and they decide that they need to send a command to starve the engines of fuel, forcing them to shut down. But they have to send it quick, because they got a five-minute comms lag.
0: That's Coke Bottle Glasses, the new Bill, I guess. He is uh, one sharp cookie. He has got a way oh, to yeah. completely upend their plan with, like, two seconds of thinking. Yep.
1: It's, uh... I like him probably probably mostly because he looks like Paul Giamatti in some alternate universe but (laughs) is a little like a young young Giamatti a little bit yeah yeah Uh, but you're right he's he's on it he knows exactly what needs to be done here he susses out immediately what happens when this code goes wrong later it's so Uh, weird the things they do sweat like having Will run in at the
0: end to be like we the command takes five minutes to get there round trip so we got to like okay yeah it's like that's that's I guess they're sweating the big details, but um, and, and again, the idea that they the ranger doesn't have the authorization to shut down their engines—only NASA does—from down here. Mm-hmm. Like, what if there was a problem? That fusion engine ran away.
1: I don't know, man. The, yeah, it seems plot convenient stuff, but yeah, who knows? It's very, very uh, thermal exhaust port.
0: <laughs> a yeah. lot
1: of this is very thermal exhaust port. Uh Leda sees Margot alone in the observation lounge and asks her what's up. And she's thinking about the old times with her mentor Von Braun and how it relates to the decisions that she's made up until now and the one she's about to make. And Margot tells Leda that the future of the space program rests on Mars getting the asteroid. Um
0: I love this part so much. Yeah. I wish it was within a better season and a better episode because I thought this stuff in isolation just worked so beautifully. The culmination of the von Braun stuff, Margot's you know mistakes and and mm-hmm. uh, her idealism, her it's not patriotism her what's like what would be nationalism but for space? It, yeah, Spa- spatialism Mm-hmm. you know Space supremacy. It's I, I don't know NASA-ism. what it is.
1: NASA. NASA? Um
0: advancement. Exploration. She's an explorer yeah. at Spar, and she doesn't want the humans to ever stop that. Um I i li- I, I really like it so much. I like how they both like there's it's some interesting thing about the people line in their pockets and the other people line in their pockets not one of the other people line in their pockets like neither one of them had the ultimate say like it's the two professors at the draw at the chalkboard that are like trying to architect a better humanity to just like you know what fuck it yolo let's just mm-hmm. let's just let's just shut this down
1: we can we can make this call for everyone let's do
0: it yeah like they are going to put the thumb on the scale which i don't know that's that kind of it does do- terrifying
1: But yes, but but in this scenario, like it's always a matter of of what is this specific thing we're talking about and how do you feel about it? Right. Because ideologically, I don't want anybody to have their finger on that much power and be able Mm -hmm. to push us in a direction against the will of the greater mass of people. But like at the same time, if they're pushing it in a direction I agree with, it's hard not to say, yeah, you go. It
0: also is a little ahistoric because, like, it's you know, it, it breaks down the American Revolution analogy in that you know, not any one person or any two people did that thing. It it took and oh, like sure. you know, if yeah. George Washington hadn't stepped forward. There'd been any number of five generals that probably would have done the job, and we'd talk about how great they were. But then I think of like there are some times like I think of like, you know, like when Yeltsin got the 3 a.m. call about like there's been a nuclear launch and he's just like we need to massively retaliate. And he's like, this is fucking crazy. We're at uh, we're at peace. There's been nothing on the boards like let's just and, you know, and and Kennedy and Khrushchev, you know, you know, going toe to toe, eye to eye, but not actually nuking each other. Sometimes it does come down to one or two people. Mm hmm they're usually not mid-level
1: engineers in a space program yeah you usually don't have that much power um in those positions yeah and i don't know uh like i said it's a complicated thing i'm torn and and if this if this season has succeeded in any way i think it's in that way um yeah and it it seems like that's what they were going for, and so I that that's probably the saving grace of this season is, they they pointed out to the billboard and they said that's where we're hitting the ball, and you know maybe they corked their bat, but they hit the ball mm. out there uh, for did. sure, and and I I felt it I, I felt it connect I it made a lot of sense it, uh, in the end like the overall place where we ended up I I think it worked. It's just there was a lot of rough road.
0: Yeah. And I feel like if you and I say it worked and we are very inclined to go with what this show like we are in the tank for this show, like ever since we were little boys, this is the kind of shit that we've been into. Mm -hmm. It's just a damn shame that this show is doing such a good job of getting to this point. But like they have thrown up so many barriers to entry that it's hard to like, you know, recommend Yeah, For All Mankind is amazing. It keeps getting better and better. The things it says about the future of mankind and where we need to go to get there is amazing. But like, here's the thing each each season past the first two is going to get a little worse and worse and by the time you get there you might not even care like that's a harder sell than like oh my god this thing has been amazing everything is connected the things in season two ripple into season four and boy they have some really interesting things about the the, to say about like what we need to do as people to advance and what's important what's not important that's like it's like I said, I I wish it had done it better because what they are trying to do is extremely ambitious and very interesting oh, and yeah. I think important for us to think about. Just like yeah, like I thought it was, I wish Westworld had done a better job because I think people seriously <laughs> uh-huh. think about AI and getting out of the fucking RoboCop and Terminator paradigms, like the Killer Robot. That's like it's like, mm-hmm. like like that would be so to, to talk about AI and like before we actually have to in a way that we could. That stuff is valuable. This art stuff is valuable. I just wish. These, yeah, Westworld and For All Mankind had, had done it a little, a little better. And look, man, For I can, All Mankind
1: was doing it up until this season. So maybe, uh, well, maybe this is thing. just a sidestep. I can,
0: I, I'm, step. I'm less hesitant
1: to recommend For All Mankind to people than let's say Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. because For All Mankind starts off d- d- fully loaded. Like th- yes. there is nothing I would complain about about the first season. Uh <laughs> you can't say that about star trek the next generation You can't say that about yes. most shows like yeah. the firm footing that this show started off on is kind of remarkable and you know when you say oh it gets worse every season beyond two i'm like okay maybe but not appreciably like this is the first season where i feel like there's been an appreciable drop in quality of storytelling yeah, and if this is just a
0: rough patch because they're trying to get from a you know uh, uh, like an old uh, the original the TOS the old scientists the original series to a next generation because that's kind of what they're trying to do and this is just a, just a rough patch and you know the maybe the, the it was a little bit shortened because they're trying to hurry this get this out before the strike I, I I don't know maybe maybe all that stuff is true I I just like yeah I just wish um this is the golden age of television man we don't put up with shows taking three seasons to get good you know and certainly certainly if shows starting to fall off that's that's other that's another problem too so i i i again where we're at at the end of the season i'm excited i i'm excited for next scene but i have a lot more questions and a lot and a little bit more of a shaken faith than i thought i would be coming in you know to a potential season five
1: All right. Well, we still have some of season four to talk about. No Um, kidding. Sam attaches a transceiver. They start receiving the data over in ghost ops and dev stresses that the override handle needs to stay up for the entire duration of the burn. Just as Palmer emerges from the hatch. Oh, ominous. Um, This is just kind of setting up the stakes for the fight that's about to happen here. Yeah. Um, then we get back over to Margo who has some code that should stop the engine shutdown. And Aleda insists that she be the one to upload it for perfectly valid reasons. I think like <laughs> having Margo do anything out of the ordinary is going to raise suspicions here. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: I did wonder what the deal with him dueling entry. Like, yeah,
1: this is super weird. So he's establishing the uplink while she's putting in the signal to send.
0: I don't that... know because Margo has like a legal sized sheet of paper that has the code written in pencil. And that's the other thing. Like, I'm a programmer. it It's hard to write a hello world message box pop up and have it compile right the first time, you know?
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. Let
0: alone like this, this, there's a full page of text just for the pirate shit that Aleda and Margo's kind of trying to inject at the last minute. This guy's writing a fucking Bible. And mm-hmm. it's like, hi. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was weird to have this pair program. It's like, what are you both doing? You know? Do. Yeah. It's like, I wish they'd like said that there's a two step thing. Like, you know, he's writing the actual instructions and I'm writing the subroutines that execute them all together. And she just slides a reset into the last little nested loop or whatever. I don't know the last object that executes, but it's, it's again, it's, but again, I, I guess this show's not written for me. It's, it's written for yeah. people that, that don't know that, 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 that don't that know less than I do certainly about programming probably it's about space robot
1: yeah. didn't used to feel that way though right no I agree yeah um, feels like it used to sweat details like this much more closely and again it might be because the, de-
0: the they were sweating details that like NASA had spent billions of dollars developing and now they're just kind of like making shit up but it's it's still it's something I can feel for sure
1: Okay, let let me hmm. Let me ask you a question about something that I'm certain they have to get right. There's no way this this can be as blatant as blatantly obviously wrong as I think it is. So they're watching a clock. So so Will says, "Okay, we've got to get this sent uh within x number uh, within very quickly because we have a yeah. 5 minute communications lag on this thing. Mm-hmm. It takes 5 minutes to get a signal up. To ranger and they're watching this clock which is matched to rangers actual clock Mm -hmm. and on that clock it's saying two minutes when they send this signal no two minutes is when they have to stop the burn no it's two minutes because she's fighting palmer for like a minute and a half okay this is this is like two this is two minutes until yeah they have to stop the burn Uh uh-huh so they've already missed their window. If this is the Mars action, if this is Rangers actual clock, they've already missed the window, haven't they? Yeah. That checks out, actually. That can't be right. They can't I'm trying to think, miss like, a detail I, like that.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I, I wonder if we're missing because like I, I have to I, be I, missing. Something. I'd have to go back and watch the graphics again to see what they're at, because there's like a window of burn. But like you're right. I thought I thought clearly it's like they had to shut that off. Clearly when Palmer's like, you got 12 seconds, Palmer. They're still in that window they are yeah so if this they is haven't the actual
1: sh- clock they're watching hmm
0: yeah that might be that that feels that feels like a, a big boner but but i'm with you surely not
1: surely we've just been not. nitpicking that's just wrong you know yeah and that's just putting your your uh lack of attention to detail on screen there's no way they would do that yeah but yeah please if you know what's going on with that Clock and the timing of it and the communications lag, let me know. Uh, so Sam continues, or well, Palmer climbs out to Sam's location and then ambushes her, and a battle ensues. He throws her out of the way, almost off the ship, but she catches a handhold and she climbs back up and attacks him just as he's trying to cut through the strap, holding the override handle in place. And he is launched away from the ship and held at the end of his tether, which I, I guess is just the end of it. I'd like, I. I kind of expected him to start reeling himself in, you know, that there's not that much thrust, right? Like, yeah, this is a strapping uh -uh. dude. He could definitely pull himself in on this tether. But on the other hand, it's like also too late. But maybe. Yeah, yeah,
0: I thought this was all. I also kind of thought someone should have gotten drive coned. I think I felt like someone
1: should have died this episode. Yeah, I. Hmm because i expected palmer to right i expected him to go out on the end of the tether and just get disintegrated by that ion drive or whatever yeah the plasma drive but he doesn't he just like misses it by feet which
0: i i i'm not like look i think in space if you missed a drive cone by an inch it's the same as missing by a mile there's no heat convection sure. there's no apparently yeah, there's yeah. no radiation to worry about it's just you know no, ions really... getting pushed out there mm-hmm. um but it's like one of those things where it's like this was a fight to the death. When he threw Massey off the end like shh, that's a death sentence. He's trying to kill her. Yeah. He's sure. trying to kill her or at least not caring if she does die. I thought it was kind of cheap that he had a tether just long enough to well, I guess that's exactly why you would have a tether that long. But it felt like someone should have died. But
1: I'm like they're trying not to more morally load this. You know yeah. it's just uh, that's what it felt like to me. And I think it's probably the right call ultimately because yeah. I don't you know, it let's I'm him for give Sam like to steal this asteroid, but maybe not to murder people. I,
0: yeah. And when they go with the big like sweeping shot uh, and the music swelling, that would be a different, that'd be a harder thing to pull off if they just fried some dude,
1: you know. I in, think so, in, yeah, in the, in the drive plume. And I don't hate Palmer, I, that's the other thing. Like, I, he seemed like a hard ass at times he seemed like an okay guy at times he's just doing his job he's doing what he thinks is right for humanity i i kind of that's where i say it gets real murky who i'm rooting for here i don't want either of them to die and is it weird but i do want sam to succeed
0: yeah and is it weird to say i thought palmer's an odd choice to go out there and intercept massey like he's the middle-aged like manager of the thing like you've got all these young strapping astronauts. Like, why not send one of them out there? But they wanted the Paul- They wanted Palmer, who's kind of been the heavy, the bad, yeah, the the left hand of the la- the anti labor
1: movement, the union busting, to do it. I guess. And look, man, if there's a super dangerous job to be done, mm-hmm. it feels like the the higher up should take a little bit of that responsibility. Maybe don't send a peon out there. To do this incredibly dangerous thing, maybe Let's take a little responsibility on yourself. He's oh, taking, he's, he's... The... overweight. He's he's stout. He's thick. <laughs> he's strong. Yeah, diabetic. In the high cholesterol, <laughs> Bad knees. Glaucoma. Oh, no. Bad knees in
0: space. Knees don't matter. Spastic colon. He's trying to trying to square off against <laughs> mid thirties prime of life hard-charging <laughs> astronaut Mass Brian? Sam
1: Massey. I don't know. She's already killed one guy, hasn't she? Has she? No, I don't think that was her. That was, uh... What's her name? Who <laughs> I've forgotten that Ed was falling in love with, uh... Oh, Svetlana? Yeah, Svetlana. Yeah, I always confuse them. Uh, Alright, Ed's team celebrates their victory. Whereas Danielle's team and NASA all sit in stunned silence as the asteroid moves into Mars orbit. The Paul Giamatti looking guy realizes that somebody tampered with the code, and Arena immediately accuses Eleda, but Margo's there to claim that she did it. Which is a pretty good scapegoat, and it's not entirely untrue. It's not entirely untrue, but I feel like an investigation is going to reveal
0: that Aleda was like, "Come on, this like you could pull something." And Mission Control, uh, mm-hmm.
1: well, maybe she yeah. just, you know, I got the, I typed in the code. I got it was too fast for me to think about what I was. Typing, yeah, I like just Margo gave me
0: this code. I trusted her, yeah. to, you know, and yeah, I, I guess so she she plays the the patsy, but uh, totally. Yeah, I don't know. The FBI, it's gonna, gonna. <laughs> got to deprive him of oxygen and pump him full of CO2 and see what happens I guess
1: uh huh it, it was just so delicious though when Margo's like no nope, I did it arena yeah, look, look me good. in the eye here your pet snake just bit you you right. get what you deserve
0: uh right. yeah I, I love, love that the consequences. it's a toothless thing because um I don't buy the Russians pulling the diplomatic immunity why the fuck would they let Margot be in American custody? Like, you saw how Hard they Fought to Punish Svetlana? Yeah. Like, I, I understand that, like, the Bullfinch has no... Maybe that's what they're telling me, that the Bullfinch has no political power, that she's mm-hmm. already... You know, persona non grata as soon as she fails this important mission, and Russia's like, I am, we want to be, you know, the, that that President K, whatever his name is, yeah. wants to be just completely done with this whole thing and move on, save fate. So they just like don't care about Margot. But I, I thought right. that's, that's, they're letting her off the hook, man. I'd much you rather totally. be in U.S. custody than Russian custody for fuck. I mean, t- yes. Yeah. 10 times out of 10 and 10 times on Sunday. It's, yeah, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. I was like, oh, Margaret got off easy here. Um, So we get a news report on the status of Goldilocks going into Mars orbit, and there's an emergency meeting of the M7 called. Uh, That's all kind of just news stories. And then we see Danielle, who sees Bishop unloading a whole bunch of weapons to go raid the North Korean module, and she tries to stop it, but he doesn't acknowledge her orders because he's got orders from higher up. Um. This is where, I mean, Danielle's just fully lost control of the space. I do wonder what consequences there's going to be for Danielle. Probably not much. I mean, Uh, yeah. How could you possibly pin something on her?
0: Like she had no knowledge. Like this is stuff the CIA and the KGB were doing on their own. Like I think if anyone comes out, she'll be called in to lead the next. Uh, Mars mission but and you know what throw me in that briar patch uh-huh. she says I yeah I do yeah I think she's like good blacklist me don't ever get me don't ever get me out of Earth's orbit I just want to yeah. retire with my grandbabies and watch now. Star Trek yeah
1: yep apparently they only have three, three series to get through
0: though did you catch this oh yeah we're gonna talk we got we're gonna talk about that in feedback alright
1: cool I've, um, I've got some answers me too me too uh so the russian spy continues beating gerardo and miles when Ilya and his ass beaters break in and beat the shit out of him rescuing gerardo and miles uh this is where things start to get really exciting like as soon as miles was like you know what uh let's send them a reminder of who really runs this base i'm like fuck yes i was too i got fucking pumped this is the this is the moment where my heart starts beating fast. I'm like, give give, give what you just got.
0: Yeah, because justice needs to be served. Why does Ilya come in to the rescue?
1: I another drop
0: thread I, because they I think they were ready to serve that plot with him being like, hey, I'm never going to forget this Ilya. They needed him to do something for Ilya. Nice of his own free will for Ilya to feel like him running into the to, to, to rescue would be
1: something believable or a conversation with him and Sam maybe that's just like no nah, I don't hold it against Miles Is this, this is just this it's is just the business. Yeah, yeah this is the business and I was
0: getting too old for it yeah something but it's like as it is it just feels like another kind of misconnection where I want to go with it there's nothing that says I couldn't but like it'd be nice for you guys to actually make that connection yeah I'm with you um I mean I, I was like, well, I thought you always say uh, show don't tell, Aaron. Yes, but you gotta do one or the other. <laughs> you do you something. can't show me tell me, but you can't not show not tell, and you know, that's that's not good storytelling either.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so Ed sees the the goon squad coming and like I said, Ilya gets word. Uh and Miles decides to send him a reminder of who really runs the base. All of the Helios workers make their way to the North Korean module. A riot breaks out Danielle goes down there to stop it, but her and Ed end up kind of caught up in it, too. And the guy who stole the gun earlier decides now's the time to whip it out. And he gets attacked. The gun goes off, and it hits Danielle in the chest. Um, and then they, they take Danielle to the med bay where uh, they're going to operate on her, but it's not looking good.
0: Dude uh i love lee ordering his men to protect our territory and they're like all like they don't understand what's going on but yeah they can they can definitely mix it up with the americans trying to bully their way into their territory miles fucked up bishop so bad with that lead pipe martian deal that i couldn't believe that he was breathing i thought that was like a lethal blow like Mm -hmm. you know it just looks like he like hits him with a titanium hammer and 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 yeah, nothing. right to the temple. And you know what's funny is like I I've I said this many times like I just got done watching The Gilded Age on HBO, and it's about you know this kind of robber baron era of of organized labor starting to you know unite against the conglomerates and fight for the things that we take for granted weekends, eight hour work weeks, overtime, sick pay, Um and. I know this was set in the corridors of Mars and not like in the streets of New York and Philadelphia, but it's ex- like seeing mm-hmm. people this, this fight is exactly the same. Like people had to fight and bleed for the things that we take for granted today. And I, I thought it was really interesting that I think, I wonder like if, if we have to go through another period of that and you know, uh, and in, in, in the decades to come, like what will we think about this in in the 21st century, but it looked exactly like every other labor riot i've ever seen you know as people mm-hmm. just like just just desperate scuffling blood teeth flying everywhere
1: yeah i'm i'm really hopeful that all the uh mechanisms that we've developed for checks and balances and giving people more power over their lives will uh hold up over the coming turmoil but there's a lot of turmoil coming yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of people tearing out those systems, those safety valves too, which is kind of scary. But yeah, uh, but I look at it and I'm like, are we better or worse off than we were a uh, hundred years ago with this stuff? Well, there's a hell of a lot more mechanisms in place, right for people well, to express their their desires and power. Hey, and, and yeah, we're we're doing better. Um, so hopefully the next thing the, the next round of this stuff that has to happen will not be as violent and bloody um it'll be a little more civilized and just as effective like Mulder says
0: i'm i'm uh i want to believe um mm. i did think it's just because like there's like when the gun goes off i'm like well there's one of two things that are going to happen this is going to sober everyone right the fuck up or this is going to really kick off the blood like you know it's like oh my god they're killing yeah. people now it's going to and and probably through this force of will of ed and like it you know like ed just like just just clears a path like get the hell out of my way i gotta get daniel to the sick bay and like mm-hmm. i said i don't I, I still don't i don't still think ed ever respected Danielle as a fellow astronaut like i still think he thought she was a diversity hire and all the like i think he saw it some ugly stuff but he does clearly care about her like on a friend level and doesn't want to see her die and sure. is ready to completely set aside the asteroid everything else just to get her to safe and i because you know we talked—that's all we talked about next week. Last week is how like the writing's on the wall. Danielle's gonna die. I was already water working, and I—what did you think about that long shot on the hallway where they're like going, then seeing everybody shocked, looking at everybody, you know, working on Danny, and they linger on the CIA goon, and then they linger on Miles. Like I viscerally didn't like that scene.
1: I think I liked it. I, I was I I wasn't feeling that scene as much as I was thinking about that scene while it was happening I'm like what are mm. they trying to tell me here and it was more of an intellectual exercise than I what I feel like it should have been which is yes. me feeling and understanding it intuitively but, I, but while I was thinking about it I'm like oh yeah th- no this what they're trying to do here is effective it's working which t- to me what they're trying to do there is show like all of these people with all of these competing ideas on what needs to happen. Uh, what, what, what is, what is their goal? You know, sometimes they're at odds. Sometimes they're not. And here we are, that we've gotten to this place and it's a moment of sobriety. Yeah.
0: I just wish that we could have spent a little bit more time with Ed and Danny and like deal, you know, like, cause that's the people I care about, you know, Ed, Danny and Kelly are in that room. And, and I guess, uh, uh Dimitri, but it's like we were pulled out of that like I was rushed out of that room and then I'm standing with a bunch of strangers in the hallway is what it felt like to me and it's like the the weird like lingering on the CIA guys like what the hell was that but but you're right I felt like they were trying to do something rather than just like let us have that moment but also it, it I, I was a, a little bit mollified when it turns out that good Danny didn't die. You know, if she yeah. had been dead, and that's the last time we saw her alive. I would have been like, "Why the fuck are we doing this long pan down the hallway of anonymous assholes? Like, who gives a shit?" Mm-hmm. But she didn't die, so thank God.
1: Don't have to riot. Yeah. Um, and we we get our first Kelly sighting this episode, which felt also a little weird. Like, oh, you're yeah. you gonna bring her in here now? Sure, and not
0: do and anything with her. I liked a little bit of the irony of like Danny potentially getting Ed's death, the good death, you know, going out boots on guns blazing while he's yeah. the one is trying to court it. She's tried to avoid it. She just wants to get back to her grandbabies and star Trek and he wants to die in a blaze of glory and she's going to mm. get his death and he's going to be condemned to be the, I was like, it's like, man, that's kind of interesting, but I'm glad they didn't do it. Cause I would yeah. have, oof, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I had done. If they'd killed Danny, thank God they didn't.
1: Um, kind of. This is sort of the denouement here, but not really. Uh, not yet. We we see Margot taken into custody by the FBI after the Russians withdrew her diplomatic immunity, and Aleda hugs her as she's escorted out in chains. Uh, we see her name has been vandalized on the plaque out there. Um, I I really like this scene. I think I if this do. is gonna be the bookend for Aleda and Margot. It's kind of perfect and like i said it pairs with you know the the sort of hands-off nature of these characters dealing with difficult emotional uh baggage it it culminates in them yeah this is the last chance she's gonna get to say anything to margo and she says it physically also i'm because i'm a, a big molly cobb stan i like that this
0: is the definitive end to their argument that they started last season like ma margo's getting frog mar- marched out of molly's house and her name is scratched out of the list of dead and disgrace like sure molly's she up in that. molly's up in heaven smoking a dude being like that's right bitch <sighs> <laughs> they gotcha <ya." laughs>
1: you know <laughs> uh, yep good stuff um and then arena going back to uh, Star City here where she finds agents awaiting her in her office Uh, pretty ominous looking and we we sort of get a voice over here from Marga summing up the season which is the sort of messy nature of right and wrong and this is all apparently happening during her testimony at her trial she says something to a judge specifically yeah This is her like trying to her sentencing
0: speech or whatever. Um, I get I I know I broke a lot of world laws and probably going to write a lot of in in space laws that are going to be that won't that that, that, uh, couldn't be broken because no one knew they could. But here's what (laughs) I think about things. It is nice because it's like, you know, I keep going back to like this being a referendum and how you feel about the American Revolution if you were forced to live through it. And you know, America had a lot of bad things that went into its formation and had a lot of bad faith actors, a lot of terrible things kind of baked into its bones. And yet, you know, 200, almost 50 years later. Um, yeah. What can you You know, like a good, bad or indifferent uh, it's, 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 it's been a huge impact on the world. And the idea that sometimes you get to these inflection points in history where a few people go in YOLO changes things for better or worse um, and it's an open question I like how it's an open question of what did things change for the better like are yeah. we rooting like it, it, there, there's a lot to be said about taking an asteroid back to earth and helping six billion people rather than mm-hmm. a few hundred you know thousand scientists to explore Mars you know that's yeah. a real that I don't know that the show definitively answers like it's it's all gonna be like I guess we've got three more seasons hopefully uh, to see how it unfolds but I I really like that. You know,
1: yeah, and that being sort of a long play, uh, sort of wing and a prayer thing, where like we're hoping that space exploration will lead somewhere good for everybody, but we don't really know that. Whereas you take that back to Earth, it probably would do a lot of good, um, yeah, right here and now. So, yeah, it's complicated. I don't, I don't have an answer, and it's, it's kind of the, it's my favorite part of this season. Like I said, Mm -hmm. they, they landed that uh, craft pretty well. What'd you think of all the
0: crashing the asteroid on Mars theories that were flying around last week? Or I don't know, maybe you weren't aware of it since you were febrile. No, I was but There's a lot of people like because like the idea of like, well, if a if something is parked in Martian orbit, it can be unparked. Um, and the idea was like the mar the the dev was going to smash the asteroid on the the surface of Mars to a make it easier to mine and b to make sure the Earth can't steal it back. And make sure mm-hmm. that it scours the face of the planet of any life whatsoever. I well, that was the, the the max cynical option. He's gonna he's gonna intentionally crash it into that one crater that that Kelly was studying for life because it was like established. It was like on the other side of the world, like four thousand kilometers away. And I, this, what I I think you could crash this into Mars and it wouldn't fuck up the whole planet, you know. There's barely no, any I mean, atmosphere it's, to carry a shockwave It's it's like what it's a hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Know. I don't I don't know how it did, that. But would obviously that's not Mars, but, that's not happened. And I, my yeah. my response is like they I think they positioned this as like a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's like you know the with, with the second Voyager probe or maybe it's the first one the grand tour of the solar system that they slingshotted and they were able to see all the four outer planets for the first time and it was like like there's like a there's like a six month window we can do this and it won't be open for another 70 years and sometimes it's like that like you know the solar system is Mm -hmm. not obliged to give you gravity assist to any place you want so like my my thought was like if if they didn't get this slingshot the opportunity to get it redirected to earth safely and efficiently is just gone it's just it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and mars has got it now so if earth Mm -hmm. wants if earth wants any of it they're going to have to go through mars So I think, I don't know that that's a plot hole. I'm curious to see how other people feel about it. FAM at baldmove.com if you got some thoughts. And we'll talk about it.
1: All right. uh, Let's talk about something that I find fairly implausible. Uh, it's It's been a thread this entire season, practically. It's Lee's wife. Horseshit. We see Lee's wife smuggled in. A crate of horseshit. A crate. Yeah, Helios crate <laughs> She's unloaded at the base And not only is she unloaded But what I don't know half the population of North Korea Comes out of this fucking crate <laughs> They have smuggled Not just one human being But a whole gaggle of human beings Up onto Mars Presumably it's anybody who n- wanted to go <laughs> it's Maybe new Willy Wonka World. World. did a golden ticket thing I don't know but This is buck wild This could. This is insane
0: especially the fact that the fact that this was a clandestine mission like i because here's the thing they want us to be like well this is america in you know 1620 like if you you can get on a boat and cross the atlantic ocean you can start a new life
1: it is not
0: anywhere like i get it's
1: not stowing away on (laughs) the next mission to mars it's not going to happen
0: yeah you need atmosphere and food and water and you know like even for a four-week journey like you couldn't still like i i thought yeah i'm not gonna I wish come up they... from
1: steerage steal a cupcake and retreat back to you know eat it and right. live for another day like right. the air alone for these people in this tiny ass crate you need a month supply at minimum yeah. for these people and that's with no margin of error
0: no, I wish they had just left this ambiguous. I would, because, like, I, because I, the thing is, like, the whole, the whole year we've been saying, like, how, how in the hell are you ever going to get this woman out of North Korea, then into a clandestine cargo, onto, and doing it and have like 30 people come out of there, like a clown car. It's just, yeah, stupid. it's absurd. It, it's, this stupid. is the
1: dumbest thing. I, I hate
0: this. And Lee's like, whoa, whoa, face. Like,
1: how would you not
0: know this, dude? How would you not know that your wife was on a manifest of 30 people? Like why wouldn't Miles? Like I just uh, it's uh, that's yeah it's just I thought it was and dumb. why
1: is Miles risking life and limb here to get thirty random people up here? Also, it's I mean
0: I the fact that people want to get to Mars because it's the new world capital N capital W that checks out. It's just sure. and if and if it, if you told me that like five years later this was happening, but like on the cusp of the asteroid being stolen and the hot like do you know how vindictive Earth would be? Like it would take like Dev and Ed years of negotiation to norm like of like coaxing and being like look we got this fat asteroid up here just rotten you know we we we're food self-sufficient we can wait as long as you want but eventually you're going to want the and like i just it's just an ultimate shortcut however yeah. let's get to the next scene so i can talk about something i actually like unironically love with all of my heart danielle makes it back to earth live and gets to see her granddaughter dude i almost blo- i was crying so hard the first time i saw this like i saw danny in the wheelchair instantly started sobbing she smiles and gets up from the chair she's not paralyzed or nothing i'm sobbing harder yeah. she sees her grandbaby just pff, ugly crying I, I i can't even see the screen uh i had to rewind, and this is this fucked up thing i i couldn't see or hear what was going on so i rewound it to see what i missed and i'm like oh my god she's she's crying it's and she's works. laughing because she i this destroyed me dude this wow this is like the crying equivalent of like when you're throwing up and you've like thrown up like so many times you can't you I mean, just dry heaving that's what my tear ducts were doing i was like oh my god because i was convinced she was dead So when she was, like, fine and reunited with her beautiful family and they're all smiling.
1: (sighs) I do really love the... It's not necessarily a fake out, but I love the idea that, like, okay, we're going to wheel these astronauts. She's been on Mars. Uh, Her muscles are atrophying for months at a time here. Let's wheel her to where she needs to be. I didn't even think of that. But then you're like, oh, no, she's been paralyzed or she's going to have some diminished quality of life now. And then she stands up and you're like... Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, no, I, I was so happy on the first time through. I just felt like my heart was going to burst that she survived this fucking season. <laughs>
1: you know? yeah, I did not want her to die on Mars. No, she didn't I want didn't. to die on Mars, so I, was I didn't con- want her to.
0: Convinced she would, though, man. I was convinced she would. Yeah, I definitely thought she could have been dead
1: at the end of the previous
0: scene with her. I got to say, I do think somebody should have died. Somebody like someone in the Ed, Danny, Kelly tier, Miles, Sam, Al Gore, summarily <laughs> executed Eli
1: Marv. <laughs> he calls Steel
0: Team Six and has him executed uh-huh. for
1: failing the fatherland. Yeah, no, that would have. Uh... Yeah, Tim or whatever comes down and does it personally himself.
0: Marv hangs himself in his his uh, his office from the disgrace
1: hey, some somebody <laughs> somebody if you like yeah yeah i don't know uh it worked maybe for me. margo
0: gets gets the gets it's her turn to get the big mac
1: yep something could be shanked in her cell i don't know uh dev drinks in the view from his new home uh up on mars the edge of this massive crater this crater's big on mars didn't realize Mm-hmm. huge uh, and it's 2012 now and mining is just in full swing at Kuznetsov station Kuz got his own station he does what a what a fucking Chad I really I I didn't know this
0: song by name but I like it it's like a definitely yeah. f- they say they do a really good job of like defining the era with not like something you would just like oh that's you know that's 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 the song of the era but it kind of captures the feel it's uh, Midnight City by M83.
1: Oh, they're like okay. a,
0: they're like a French techno band or something. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm very familiar with the song. I'm not at all familiar with the name. Same, same. But I, I thought it was a perfect, you know, another one of those perfect throwing the ball ten years into the future. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I saw that off station, and I'm like, I'm in for another season. But mm-hmm. I'm speaking directly to Matt Wolport and Ben Nadivi here. Guys, tighten the shit up. You guys, yeah. this is not. You have spoiled us in terms of characters and plotting and pull and and it, it, it pounds our pulse. It gets us all excited, hot and bothered. This is not good enough. This is not up to your guys' standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what got away from you. But if this is going to be a successful Enterprise, USS NCC class you got to get this shit tightened down
1: we can't have nacelles falling off okay for sure yeah I want to see a return to form next season yeah uh, but that's the end of this one uh well we have a lot of feedback okay
0: what are we going to do should with that we, should we get to that now uh, that sounds good to me alright send us feedback Uh, we'll probably do a season review uh, uh, wrap up I imagine unless there's just like crickets from feedback but I don't think that's going to be the case we'll see we'll be back right after this spacewalk hey the boys are back in town just in time to heat up summer our favorite blood soaked darkly humorous
1: deconstruction of the superhero mythos returns on Amazon Prime Video Boys Season 4 gets started on June 13th, but we'll get the drop on them with our preseason preview coverage the week before. It's been a while. A lot's happened since last season. Two whole years, labor dispute, that kind of thing. But we'll be catching you up on all the major plot points and character beats as we left things off.
0: Plus, we'll be looking at the trailers and latest news to piece together
1: what to expect. I know one thing to expect. Right off the bat, they're dropping three debut episodes for the premiere. Woo! But otherwise, who knows?
0: Will Gus Fring reveal why he has absolutely no fear of Homelander? And while we're on that topic, will Butcher and The Boys figure out a way to stop Christian nationalist Superman? Will those crazy kids,
1: Monster Man and Starlight, find a way to make things work? Come laugh, cry, and maybe even throw up in your mouth a little with us as we discover the answers for ourselves of this season of The Boys. Find it by searching for the Department of Homelander Security wherever you listen to podcasts. Or subscribe to Ball Move Pulp to get all our coverage of sci-fi, fantasy, and superheroic entertainment.
0: We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon season two, and it's time
1: to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June
0: 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D season one. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George RR Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's
1: right. I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into season two. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: strap in we're diving into more for all mankind uh fam at baldmove.com is how you send feedback and of course uh follow us on all our social medias at baldmove except for tiktok we're at Baldus there and uh if you like what we've done throughout the season uh which is try to be honest fans of the television that we love uh and that we can share our passions with you uh we would love to have your support support.baldmove.com is how you can get extra bonus content and ad-free feeds who doesn't want that and you keep bald move moving baldly
1: uh jim you want to take this first one uh sure jack p writes in says how has the substation office not been discovered yet ah yes man after my own heart here uh they keep ransacking the poor working folks quarters without even thinking to search the sub levels they already know that the black market deals happened down there and that a bar was being operated for a long time how do you not immediately search every square inch of the pressurized area of the station how do you have cameras down there? And the fir- how do you not have cameras down there in the first place? Why are you not or why are you interrogating and beating Miles' ass before even checking down there? Feels like a plot hole. Not the first of the season, certainly. Still enjoying though. Hope for a nice clean heist. Welcome back uh, from the holidays and feel better soon, Jim. Thank you. I do feel better. Not a hundred percent, but better.
0: I'm glad to have you back. And also, you know, special special thanks to. Uh be Michael for uh helping helping us uh, break it down last week in, in mm-hmm. Jim's absence but I I'm glad you're back too. Obviously, yeah, we wondered the same thing. This is another this is this, sure. these are things that need to be tightened down next episode because this is something that's not really on my radar until like B brought it up last week and the you know Jack here brought it up, but like yeah, it it does like with the timeline that we had where it's months. It's hard to believe that no one thought to look down here, that no one noticed anybody. Especially in the second
1: round of searches. Like, okay, the first round, you know, doesn't turn anything up. Well, we've searched the whole station. Second round, where have we not searched?
0: Not only that, but, like, for a whole month, these people have to work shifts down here. It's not like they're just going down there and that's the one time. Like, multiple times a day, they're going up and down. They're moving food and supplies down there. Like, it's hard to believe that in this one central elevator... That no one ever noticed something unusual going on.
1: I know. I, I did find it funny when Miles is about to go in there to the elevator to, mm-hmm. you know, to get to the fourth floor or whatever. And one of the workers comes in and he has to do like an about face pretending he's reading something. Yeah, so he can be the only one in the elevator. Yeah, I like it. imagine all the dudes that are loading
0: like the go stop stuff. And they just got plot, like, they're like, oh, let me hold the door for, oh, no, no, we'll take the next one. There's not a next one. There's only one elevator in this whole fucking base. <laughs> oh, that'll be fine. Uh-huh. Like, nothing weird in a high security checkpoint atmosphere where you got to show papers to go from the mess to your hallway. Yeah, it's you're onto something there, Jack. Let's move on to an actual murderous bear who says they've been loving the coverage this season. I still love the show, but damn, it sure does feel like this season has been committing so many unforced errors with the lack of focus on details or hand-waving certain things away. At first, I thought a in particular is being too harsh, but nah. The whole time Margo and Sergey were chatting about Elayda's dining room table, not exactly quietly, I might act, about defecting Brazil, I was waiting uh, for a cut to Elayda hearing this. It does feel like she's warming up to Margo slightly since she's been helping her with Sergei, but what if hearing this sets her off and she talks? A lot of people are wondering if Margo or Aleda or both had it in for Sergei. It doesn't seem like it. He says, I also laughed when Margo told Sergei she can't just run off because she's watched 24-7. I could also hear Jim in the background screaming, well, how did you go to di- the diner then, Margo?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: See, they the, the, the Marine and the KGB oh. spook only follow her closely when she's inside the NASA building. You know, outside, yeah. it's like, you know, like, uh, you're you're on your own recognizance. Also, it's also
1: insane. Can I point out one thing that is absolutely do it? Uh, it kills me. And as as people who film things for a living, maybe more detail should be paid. They know this. They know this fact. What happens when it gets dark outside and you turn a light on in your living room? Do you think people can see you? Yes. What do you do when you don't want people to see you in that state? You close the fucking blinds, right? Yes. They have. They are sitting in the dining room of Alita's house, blinds open, like just full window open. And they're like totally secure in the fact that no <laughs> one can see them with the fucking lights on. The blinds hey, are open in hey. other rooms. Like, th- 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 ah, it kills me. Close the blinds at night if you don't want people he- seeing you. He parked two blocks away and cut through a neighbor's backyard. All right. Yeah. Only to completely fuck up the subterfuge when he sits in front of this window. Ironclad spy craft. So stupid. So stupid. Uh, you cannot leave the blinds open at night and expect people not to see you.
0: Murder Bearer says also another insane thing. It's insane. Sergey just left his wife and job on a whim, and there have been zero mentions of that since. <laughs> so now she care. gets to find out He's he killed himself. To he killed himself in a random texas motel eating a catched up big mac (laughs) he says faux margo deserved better i agree like you think of it from her perspective this is insane Mm -hmm.
1: well this is a man who couldn't stand being around me he ran away he thought he was going to live a different life apparently and then he killed himself because he realized it was all too much yeah 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 no it's it's crazy all right, uh, Maxwell writes in, says, in your coverage of Episode 9, Brazil, you mentioned the Monroe Doctrine and wondered if the Soviets ever operated and assassinated anyone in the Americas. I think you specifically mentioned North and Central America. most famous example which immediately came to mind was the assassination of Leon Trotsky, 1940, at his home in Mexico City, by Spanish communist and NKVD, which is pre-KGB agent, Ramon Mercader. Mercader. I didn't do any research on other Soviet assassinations in the Americas, but knowing a bit about the audacious nature of the Soviet Union, I'd be amazed if they hadn't.
0: So I actually looked into this because I'm like, okay. um, And I guess, yeah, I I found an article that kind of broke down all the Soviet uh, assassinations that we know of again, that we know of, and it is rare, but the Soviets did assassinate political targets. Uh, they did it in New York City back in 1937. Uh, as he mentioned, Mexico City in 1940. Washington, D.C., of all places, in 1941. Uh, it does seem like these were all confined to, like, the Stalin era, you know, in, like, a time when the U.S., it uh, had a very str- strong motivation to be nice with the Soviets because we were supporting them in the war against Hitler and whatnot. But, like... Yeah, I gotta concede that uh, the Russians are have not been shy about a even in the capital of the United States. Um and mm-hmm. these were all political these were all like uh uh what you'd call, I guess, traitors to the motherland, people that Stalin had a boner mm-hmm. against or ex intelligence, like double agents,
1: uh people like that. But uh Gotcha. Yeah. Uh Maxwell continues here. He says the other feedback I had was about you guys repeatedly saying that Kuz was the Soviet cosmonaut commander for the Apollo-Soyuz mission. Uh, This is incorrect. The marvelously mustachioed Stephen Alexeev was the Soviet commander for Apollo-Soyuz. Unless I'm mistaken, which is not entirely impossible, the first time Danielle met Kuz was after the Soviets blew their fusion drive during the race to Mars and had to be rescued. If you recall, there was a great deal of tension as Danielle continued, rightly so, to act as the commander for all on board Kuz repeatedly reminded her not to give orders to his cosmonauts.
0: I would have sworn on a stack of Bibles a mile high that this Sieve was the same guy as Kuz, because um, they like Kuz has got the like more of the full beard, and the other guy, like you said, is very mustachioed. But I, I thought they were setting up Danielle and his friendship way back to like season two. Ah, yeah, I just uh, yeah, clearly that a boner. Yeah, so I appreciate the correction on that. Next is Frank. It says in your discussion about which original characters would survive into season five, good Danny, Ed, and Margot were discussed. Do you overlook President Ellen Wilson? Perhaps she decides to use her post-presidency to influence Mars, NASA, national cooperation. Who knows? But she and Pam could be effective in season five. Yeah, I just Ellen feels like she's definitively put out the pasture. You know? Like I know she's yeah, totally. young enough that she could still be um uh, uh kind of a vital force now. I just I don't know if I if I if I see it, so but yeah, I mean egg on my face if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll realize they have a shortage of characters we care about and bring one of them back. Uh, we'll see. All right, Josh writes: Why would someone buy a Big Mac, get it ready to eat, and then commit suicide before consuming it? That's some sloppy assassin work, if you ask me. Well, have you eaten a Big Mac lately? yeah this he the, he stared into the eyes of the Big Mac he mm-hmm. realized this was all he had to look forward to <laughs> yeah and, and did the inevitable
0: you stare into the abyss and the thousand eyes of the abyss with its sesame seeds stare back and uh, yeah but, but really it's like I think that's maybe I don't know that, that could be because that's like a big joke about like a Soviet assassination attempts like oh the guy committed suicide he shot himself three times in the back of the head like mm-hmm maybe they're proving a they're doing a point but yeah it is funny the guy's so depressed at seeing the big mac that he just blew his brains out
1: <laughs> uh yeah it didn't look like the photo on the menu <laughs> got, they didn't give like, him enough ketchup packets. Crisp lettuce <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give him enough ketchup packets mm-hmm. or like margo uh, they put other shit on it like he lifts it up he sees the mayonnaise or the the secret sauce on the Ding secret Mac and he's sauce. Like, nah, no. Nah. Special, uh, sauce. A,
0: special, the special sauce. That's what it is. Nicole says, watching this penultimate episode, I was reminded of the scene early this season when Kelly was watching an old video message from Karen where Karen was talking about how excited she was for the baby and how she thinks Kelly is going to be a great mom. The message is likely sent shortly before her death. I think we're supposed to remember that scene as we watched Danielle send a video message to her son talking about how she can't wait to be home and be a grandma. I think it's likely that Danielle will die, but I really hope they zag here. I know sometimes storytellers resist giving their audience what they want and expect, which can mean not giving their characters what they want or expect, but I don't think it would be a bad thing to let Ed and Danny both get what they want. Ed dying in some foolhardy gambit on Mars and Danny going home to spend the rest of her life peacefully with their family. They swerved so hard, they zagged so hard that nobody got anything that they wanted, except for, I guess, Danny. Um, I forgot about the Karen message and how that was right before another mom died. Like they were really laying the tracks. In fact, oh, did, yeah. what are the odds that that was like a very last minute decision, like Danny dying or living?
1: Uh, it's possible. I mean, when all you need to do is film a quick scene. Uh, you can decide that last of like moment, her but... family
0: celebrating like you know and her husband looking thoughtfully at a picture of Danielle on the mantle and like a tear going yeah like you could have mm-hmm. done it and it would either way but... it's
1: a 10 second scene right so
0: <laughs> and I, I still think this is a fairly lethal show they did kill Coos this year uh, other people died um, yeah, I, I won't feel any less concerned about any main characters in the future just not a lot of main characters I care to the level of the original cast yet. That's a mm-hmm. that's definitely something they have to do next year. They have to restock these shelves with good characters, and they're they're behind. Like they sh- they, I, I'm, they they should have been doing it for a couple seasons now, and I think they've they've slacked off a bit.
1: All right, the Irish monk writes in and says, "In the latest episode, the difference in the quantity of the storylines has become really obvious." Or sorry, not quantity, <laughs> quality, which has a. Quantity all its own. Yeah. Uh the difference in the quality of the storylines has become really obvious. Compare Margot's Arc to the Worker Strike and the Contraband storylines. Made me wonder about the division of labor in the writer's room on this show and Ron Moore's role in keeping the quality consistent. Uh I think it was on one of your shows that I heard David S. Goyer talking about the importance of this regarding foundation. Do you think this lumpy season can be easily avoided for future seasons, or is this a typical of Moore's shows? Ho, ho, oh, I see. You're taking shots at Battlestar, huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. I...
0: First of all, everyone says that Ron Moore is not on the show anymore. Like, he's ba- barely involved. Yeah, he still gives interviews. Like, if you noticed, he's given, like, season 4 interviews and stuff. Like, he's almost, like, still the showrunner. But, um... I... I don't know if this is because I heard that last season was the first year that he completely stepped away and left things to Pat, uh, Matt Wolport and Ben uh, Nadivi. And if so, I definitely think I see a slight, I, I, like I said, I think I saw a slight decrease in quality of the show last season. I think I see another decrease this season. So maybe this is, they just don't quite have it the way he's got the ability to, and that's, what's nice about a stri- showrunners. Don't write with rare exceptions don't write the entire scripts and all that stuff but what they do oh, yeah. is they kind of like lead the writers room, they lead the breaking down of scripts, they make sure everyone's got the eyes on everything, they're smoothing things over and they're bringing things together. They're like the the head chef of a kitchen, you know? You got sous chefs mm-hmm. and sauciers and all that stuff and you're the one bringing it together and plating it and serving it to the And I feel like that that is that that whatever the last few seasons I feel like it's just mm, all the ingredients aren't quite coming together. So you might be on something Irish Monk. I don't know. I don't I'm not I'm not plugged in enough to Hollywood to know what's going on here. But there's something going on here. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, Jerry says, I was listening to your podcast with B. Michael on the episode Brazil. There's a discussion started about some of the feedback regarding the theory that the plan is to actually crash the asteroid into Mars rather than just capture an orbit uh while i totally agree this makes the most sense to secure it and prevent earth forces from being able to slingshot it back to earth i wonder what devs true motivation is to control the asteroid to mine its resources resources for the benefit of mars or something more he sent kelly to search for life in a huge crater filled with ice this is where we suspect the asteroid to be crashed but would it superheat the ice vaporizing into water could this be the first step towards terraforming terraforming dev states his intentions is to never leave mars mining the iridium purely for financial benefit but that doesn't seem like his actual in game wouldn't the next step in colonization be to terraform i think that's tev's dev's true agenda and curious to what you think jim i, I think you tried i'm not sure if you actually finished did you because because to me i see so many obvious parallels but where to where this show is and kim stanley robinson's red green blue mars trilogy
1: yeah, there was something about that first book that I it just didn't grab me. Maybe I need to go mm-hmm. back and try it again. But a um, I, I, hmm. a first step to something because I, I I look at the, the idea of terraforming, and I <laughs> look at the way it's been done in Star Trek, and I'm like, okay, they don't have a Genesis device. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna they're not gonna flip a switch and terraform this place. Uh, terraforming is a process and it's a long process it's something that is never going to be complete in Dev's lifetime but I mean I, I could see him you know maybe making moves to that I think it's a little premature for that though I think you know he just won this battle I don't think he's thinking that far ahead but maybe he is in
0: In the red Mars book, the climax of that, one of the scientists hijacks a water ice comet and puts it into a highly oblique orbit hmm. of Mars so every shave off some week or so it's it kisses the atmosphere, warms up, drops some water, some water vapor into the atmosphere and I think over the course of like a hundred years it puts it displaces all of its water onto the planet, which leads to you know just just kickstarts their terraforming operation and I kind of thought that's my i'm even i might even said that in the preview that that's something that maybe could could happen uh i think that they there's they, they'd be remiss if they haven't read you know this trilogy sure, uh, sure If they haven't gone back to read zubrin's case for mars things like that this is so funny because this is like zubrin's nightmare scenario where it's like oh my god they've gone all in on the moon they got the Battlestar galactica approach to colonizing mars this is great but like it does seem like they're kind of playing jazz with it because hmm. yeah if this was the Red Mars playbook they would that he he would have done something terraformy with that asteroid rather than just mining it for iridium. So I do think Dev is a bit of an enigma. I think Dev is still figuring himself out. Like he has found the way um snatching jaws from the victory defeat, finding a way to become that great man that is still serving his own interest and his own vainglory, but also unquestionably moving human progress forward. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do with him moving, because he's one, he's like, what do you think, his mid-40s, early 50s? He's good for another two, three seasons easy. And he's like the Ben Franklin of Mars. If Ed's George Washington, he's, you know, like Ben Franklin and what Miles is... I don't know Thomas Jefferson. Like these, these are the founding fathers of Mars. They're going to be, especially Miles and Dev. They'll be big figures
1: in, in future seasons for sure. Yeah, it seemed like if if I can look at Dev's actions and say, what is he trying to do? He's trying to continue the space race, right? He's he's trying he's trying to give them a reason to continue supporting Mars yes. from Earth. So they don't give he's, up. He's aligned with Margo. He's aligned with everybody who's realized oh, yeah, we actually don't have a lot of reason to be out here. Um, and, and Will is faltering at this point. So mm-hmm. give him a financial incentive. Yeah. All right. Uh, Giovanna writes in and says, During episode nine, when Danielle is recording a message for her family, she talks about watching all three Star Trek series with her grandchild. In our timeline, there's five live action Star Trek series by 2003. So, which Star Trek shows do you think never happened just because the Soviets landed on the moon first? We were talked about,
0: or like we we both kind of alluded to this. You say you've got, I've got some research on this. You said you've got some research on this. What did you, what you, what'd you make of this conundrum?
1: Uh, I read some quotes from Ron Moore that I think you might have mind here too, talking about an undeveloped Star Trek show that was in the works, it was called if it's Star Trek Phase two. Um, and they never ended up doing that. They ended up going with like the motion picture instead. And in in Ron Moore's head, in his idea for this the Canon of this world, they actually never made the motion picture. Instead they made Star Trek Phase two. And so Star Trek, the original series, and star trek phase two would be two of the four certain series and there are a couple of other possibilities that the third one could be um i think you can say ds9 and voyager never got made the other two possibilities are they are including in that three the animated series which that's Uh, what i maybe because that that would have been out by now um or yeah, but by it the time it's it almost certainly in the
0: works in 1969 because his whole yeah. theory is the space race continuation of space race continued America's appetite in science fiction and it never kind of petered out
1: like it did in our timeline. Right. So he so didn't have this big gap and it wasn't as much of a risk for what well, the other series that it could be, which is Star Trek The Next Generation. Maybe yeah. you have that.
0: Yeah. I saw some person get like to Star Trek Enterprise, but it seemed like it was pretty motivated reasoning. But the uh, the yeah the fact yeah. that they just went because like phase two the all the pre production and kind of right the went into that went into the motion picture so you don't have the motion picture you just have phase two and then he said the wrath of Khan comes out a year later but it's essentially the same the same story because it's perfect so yeah
1: which wouldn't have been Star Trek two right it would have just been Star Trek yeah. the Wrath of
0: Khan isn't that so funny that in the better more spacey timeline they get less Star Trek. yeah seems unfair yeah but I mean I guess uh, why why fantasize about it if you're living it right if you can actually go live on
1: Mars who gives a shit about Picard and the Enterprise right or here's the other option yeah Danielle's a very specific type of Star Trek fan and she doesn't like DS9 or Voyager or TNG and Mm -hmm. for her the only real Star (laughs) Trek is the stuff that came out before she got on the moon or whatever she's a purist
0: Kind of the same way that the Crystal yep. Skull is not a real Indiana Jones movie that got made. Yep, yep. It's fan fiction. Ne- never, never got out of the, <laughs> never got out of the development phase. Uh, that's going to do it for our coverage of for all mankind this season. Uh, if we, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'd say I'm 90 percent sure we'll have a wrap up podcast next week because I do think we're going to get a lot of, a lot of discussion. A lot of people want to continue talking about this. I'm curious to see. Uh, what people's reaction is, because maybe people are way higher on it than we are. i um, curious to see what the showrunners say. There's probably going to be a post-mortem or three. Uh, so it'll be lots of stuff to talk about, but it's honestly whether you guys bring it or not. You know, uh, If we get lots of feedback, if it's just me and Jim saying stuff for five minutes, probably not. But if we get a decent amount of feedback, uh, we'll definitely be back next week to break it down. F-A-M at baldmove.com. Uh, the future is in your hands other than that, uh, yeah. Follow us on all social medias at bald move, except for TikTok, at baldest If You want to support us support.baldmove.com. Uh, I would, would, encourage you to pick a social media and follow it. If you're not going to support us because boy, there's a lot of stuff coming up this year. Uh, house of the dragons going to be returning. Maybe we'll get some succession. True detective is about to kick off. Very excited about season four of that. Uh, lots of stuff. You don't want to get, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, get left behind. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you next week, hopefully, for the uh, season wrap up. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob.